everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Knights of Evening Star uh, here on the D&D channel. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I am your Dungeon Master, Mark Sherlock Humes, and I'm joined by my four wonderful friends uh, as we go through our adventures of running a kingdom in the nation of Cormyr in the Forgotten Realms. And those four amazing friends are these wonderful people. Ah! Uh, I'm joined by uh, the wonderful Nate Sharp, Anna Prosser, Jonathan Indovino, a.k.a. Shady Penguin, and of course, the lovely as ever, Mika Burton. Thank you very much, my friends, for joining me. Uh, I'm excited to see you. Uh, it's For you guys watching this, it's probably only been a couple of weeks, but it's probably been a bit more time with us because uh, there's been a lot of stuff happening. So we are all together, uh, and hopefully everyone remembered everything that happened last time because I definitely do. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and if you don't know what Night's Evening Star is, this is a D&D show where, like I said, they are managing a kingdom. It's very much a kind of kingdom management campaign. Uh, we've had some more traditional D&D stuff, but we're kind of getting back into the swing of running the kingdom of Evening Star and its surrounding lands. Uh, and yeah, uh, have I forgotten anything or is there anything I should mention, dear friends? You forgot the four levels we gained last episode? Mm -hmm. Oh, and the 500,000 gold yes, you told yes. me. We yeah. also all got our own personal dragons to ride. Yeah, yeah, that totally Sean. happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Definitely. yeah, that did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I just kept happened. going up. <laughs> I mean, let me let me tell you what happens when you can have all of that stuff, and then I'll say, yep, you guys get all that stuff. Now the campaign's over. Thanks very much for watching, everybody. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> and then and then the stream ends, and then that's what happens. So thanks for watching. Yeah, yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. But no, we'll we'll get to that. Don't worry. You'll get your personal dragons, and you'll get your four levels, and you'll get your five hundred thousand gold. But we got to get there first. Um, and to do that, there's a lot of fun stuff we're going to do. Um, do you guys want to... We did kind of do this last week, but just in case people are brand new, like literally a one-sentence character introduction of who you are and who you're playing. And we're going to start with uh, Anna Prosser because she's such a cool professional. She's going to nail this in one. Go, Anna. That's because I'm wearing a blazer, isn't it? Yeah, That's yeah why you look super that. professional, yeah. Yeah, literally I'm wearing sweatpants and a T-shirt and I threw a blazer <laughs> over the top of it. And I was like... Business. <laughs> Business time. Business. My character is named Agnes. She is a wildfire druid. She has a fire spirit named Candor, who is in the shape of a bird. She is a noble, but she kind of likes to pretend she's cooler than that. And her half-brother is Tarkle. Who is played by... Shady Penguin. Tarkle Crown Silver is a rogue-gone lover waiting for Willow Song to return and open up the affectional pathways to his heart. <laughs> Affectional pathways. That's, Rogue that's gone. Oh my god. I'm the professional even me. without the blazer, all right? <laughs> yeah. You absolutely. can borrow my blazer if you need to. I think it. I need it after that. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Uh, well, after that incredible uh, piece, I think we have to go to uh, Nate Sharp to, to kind of match up. Uh, Clive of the Wild Main, Wild Magic Lion Punch, also now coordinating the Den of War. Yes, you are the den, the the coordinator of the den of war, the war den of mm -hmm. Evening Star. Very impressive stuff. Uh, and then finishing it all off, we have uh, Mika. Uh, hi, I'm Mika Burton. I'm playing Azar Mithras. She is a blue dragon sorcerer. Uh, now that everybody's messed me up, I'm messed up. <laughs> I was professional, and now I'm not professional anymore. Um, <sighs> she's the, the head of magic, and. Uh, You've got some levels in cleric. And cleric. And uh -huh. 
Yep. <laughs> it's like it started at Anna, and then it just like Shady was just like, no, no, that's up too high. Drag it down. Chaos, man. That was so neat and orderly. It was great, but was you know, and then Nate was just like that. Nah, Nate was just like words, and then I didn't. I didn't words. That's how we wrapped it all up. <laughs> Amazing. Mark. That's fine. That's perfect. There, there's your characters for this uh, little game that we're going to be playing through. Last time uh, on Night's Evening Star, we there was a lot of sort of administrative stuff. Uh, the party have returned to Evening Star. They've bedded back in after their many adventures to the Shadowfell and some weird magical day spa where there were hags and all sorts of stuff went down. But they've come back to Evening Star. They've kind of reassessed the situation in their kingdom. And now is their opportunity to kind of focus on its growth and building it out and, and their plans for the future. And you guys came up with a bunch of plans of things that you wanted to do. You've installed uh, several new members to the Council of Rule, uh, which is your kind of uh, main governmental body for the kingdom, the kingdom of Evening Star. Uh, you have all of your, you have each of you uh, have a position. Agnes and Tarkal are the two nobles, the Baron and Baroness, who rule over Evening Star at the top. Uh, we have as your commander, your sort of general, uh, Elissa Dawn Whisper, who is an NPC, who is very uh, a good friend of Azara's, um, big gal pals. Uh, and then we have your Seneschal Dusk, who is a tiefling, who kind of helps uh, kind of organize things with the local folk, the peasants, the serfs, that sort of thing. We have Azara as your magister, your kind of counselor and advisor of all magical means, but also is responsible for education and magical protection of the kingdom. Uh, but you assigned Clive of the Wild Main to become your warden, who is the sort of responsible for the patrols, the town guard, um, and the sort of more day to day sort of defense of the city, whereas uh, Elissa is in charge of your armies and your professional military units. And then you also assigned young Aaron Baker, a human teenager who is very awkward and weird as the town crier. Uh, and his role is to basically be a sort of postman slash town crier and sort of get the local gossip and kind of, you know, get to know everybody. Um, and that is pretty much who you assigned to the Council of Rule. Uh, you also had some, uh, you did some kind of treasury stuff where you kind of donated some valuables that you've gained in your adventuring uh, period. Um, and you also had some plans on some buildings to construct. And in fact, I think, uh, White Text Friend, if we can bring up uh, the various stats from our kingdom tracker. Um, and if all of you as well, if you log into uh, the Roll20 service uh, and join the game, you'll be able to see those stats uh, where we have the maps of the town, we have the Evening Star stats, um, and we have the regional map as well. Uh, and we'll just do a quick recap on that, and then we're going to get into it all. Um any questions or any things to bring up before we kind of kick everything off properly? This is still all very much a, what happened last time. Mika um, Burn. When it comes to the quests that we have on the side, mm. um, did we last time discuss what we wanted to do to wrap those up, or are we doing that now? I think that there was some there was a brief plan to finish up one of the quests that you had from previous seasons, which is returning to Lady Vanifer. Um, who was the one who sent you to find the lantern in Castle Braywinter. Um, but there wasn't any sort of like firm, we are doing this next time kind of thing. But there was discussion okay. around completing that. Um, but yeah, I did give you a bunch of sort of quests uh, per se. 
things to develop in the kingdom, but also some outstanding matters that you have investigated and discovered elsewhere. Um, so we have the kingdom stats. Uh, you can see those there. I can also show you the regional map here of Evening Star, just to kind of give you a little rough idea of the surrounding area and your current lands that you control. Um, and then finally, and this is probably the more fun one, this is the actual little map of Evening Star um, displaying some of the things that you've already built. You've, built, you've rebuilt the inn, which you've called the Tresum King. Um, you also have a blacksmith, um, which we're going to talk about maybe giving a name and deciding who that blacksmith is today. Um, you have a couple of farms. You have a little bakery uh, and Hulda, which is your potion maker, your alchemy, um, as well as a little quarry. Um, but the first thing we're going to do in this brand new uh, session today, and this is something I mentioned last time, is something I've... Uh, I've kind of taken from some other game systems and some third-party uh, material um, called the Kingdom Phase. And this is basically going to be a series of kind of roles to just kind of figure out what is going to happen to the Kingdom over the next month, and then we're going to drop into the sort of more role-playing, interacting with NPCs and, and you guys deciding what you want to do uh, in, in the time that that month takes place. Uh, and the way that this works is you're going to use some of your Kingdom stats uh, of which you have three. You have Wealth, Morale, and Defense. Um, and you're going to be making some rolls against your Kingdom DC, which is worked out based on how big the Kingdom is and various problems or lack of problems therein. Uh, and we're going to go through that. Uh, and if there's any questions, you can just put, pop your hand up and say, Mark, I have question, uh, and then we'll go through it. So uh, we are going to start by going through this thing called the Kingdom Phase. Uh, and the first thing we're going to do is something called Determine Kingdom Stability. And this is generally like a role to see, not just like... Uh, yeah, to see how stable the kingdom is. So, like, are bandits attacking? Like, how well does your military respond to that? But also, how are the people feeling? Are they happy? Are they unhappy? Um, are they being sort of kept in line if they're being a bit unruly? That sort of stuff. And I'd like, uh, because this is going to use your defense stat, um, of which I believe both Tarkle and Clive are both con uh, closely related. So, one of you two to make the role, please. Who would like to make this uh kingdom stability role i think it only makes sense uh being the noble and you know like uh, on top that i let the lion man do it <laughs> right okay though <laughs> <Sure. laughs> you have a plus four to defense uh, well, no, it's not individually. So this oh, is across okay. the kingdom. Okay, okay. So I worked all this out based on the council decisions and the buildings and stuff that you currently have in place. Uh, you have a plus 10 to this roll, Nate. So it's a d20 plus right. 10. That the DC is quite high. So. Okay, so plus 10 for a total of 28. 28 that is a success i'm not going to tell you what the dc is but that is a success um so that basically what that means is that uh oh there would have been a minus two to that role because of your unrest which would have brought it to 26 which is still a success and what that means is the kingdom is in a good place your your patrols the warden um your military is keeping the road safe banditry hasn't really become a problem um there might be a random event that causes this to be a problem but for the most part the roads are safe the people are happy um everybody's just everything is fine currently in evening star and that actually means that your unrest goes down by one for the month so any the rest of the checks you make will only have a minus one penalty now so mm -hmm. uh cool so Life the next thing that happens in evening star 
Life is very good in Evening Star. Um, and this is more of a bookkeeping thing. But you, the next thing we do is your kingdom cost is deducted from your treasury. Um, so, and if you can't do this, if it goes into the negatives in your treasury, then your unrest goes up uh, because people aren't very happy when they know their kingdom's broke. Um, your current costs, which is based on the size of the kingdom plus your military units, is 835 gold, um, which we're going to take away from your treasury of uh, 3,450. And I would like somebody who is very good at math to do that for me. <laughs> so well, I have I, a calculator. <laughs> Shady is a calculator. I, like, was, <laughs> I missed the numbers because I'm really confused. My D20s a different color than the rest of my dice and it's throwing me off. I'm like, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> my no, brain heard <laughs> words, words, numbers, numbers that don't mm -hmm. mean anything and then words again. <laughs> words again. Uh, what 3,450 minus 835. Okay, got it. You need the answer? Yes, I would like the fifteen. Listen, you got to be specific, Mark. My D20 is copper. The rest of them are brown. I, I'm taking a picture. I don't get how this happened. 26 <laughs> what? He's really distraught. 26. I, these, are my, these are my veil dice. How could I never have noticed? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What was it? It was 2600 and something. 2615. 15. Thank you. I was just like, I was thrown off there for a massive second. Amazing. <laughs> Um, so that, yep, you guys still have plenty of gold in the treasury, uh, and the cost covers things like making sure that, you know, you, you have like import supplies and you, all your armies are paid for and all your sort of like fees and you know, general uh, abstract number, uh, is paid for. Nice. Um, the next thing we would do is if you wanted to change anybody on the Council of Rule, uh, but we already kind of did that last week, so we don't need to worry about that. Um, the next thing's an exciting one, which is claiming territory. So if I switch you over to your region map, um, you guys currently have a, a kind of an area, a border around Evening Star, which is land that you patrol, that you have built for farming, um, that you have available to use to you. Uh, now, because you are still a small kingdom, you can claim up to two hexes of space. So if you look on the old map, you can see uh, they're all divided into hexes. Um, white text friend, if we can make sure that the uh, map is up on this. Um, you guys can claim two hexes as long as it's already attached to your current kingdom. So any hex that's already touching your borders. Uh, but to do so, you have to use one of your military units to clear that territory out. And what that means is if, for say, Evening Star came under attack in a random event, or if there was, you know, some enemy or some problem that came up, those military units would not be available to use. And I'm going to cut you off before you ask the question, Anna. Tressim cannot <laughs> capture territory. <laughs> Flying cats cannot capture hexes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna yeah, ask. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's just a lack of creativity. Flying cats can do whatever they want. Flying cats can do whatever they I want. I would run from a, a aggressive flock of flying cats. <laughs> Especially if they have spears. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, think they have spears. spears. I, I made them spears. Excuse you. We can attach spears to their claws. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> Giant hand spears. Mm. Well, that's maybe maybe something we'll come into for the next kingdom phase. But for now, uh, you have a, a unit of archers and you have your unit of infantry, um, both of which can be sent. But the question is, what kind of area do you want to expand into? I will say that if you know you capture a section of the woods, maybe that gives you more resources to use for building buildings and things like that. But open grassland you can build farms on, which helps you cut your costs down. Um, you could start making your way towards capturing the old mine, which is just to the north of Evening Star, or maybe the hills beyond the keep, and the hills might have resources in them. The choice is yours. I was also looking at this little like inlet of water that's exactly to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't that's know. like a little river. 
It's like yeah. basically like a little offshoot, like a brook. Um, so that would be, that could potentially be good. Again, you can turn that into uh, farmland or, you know, kind of like, you know, fertile land for doing stuff on. Um, it also stuff. seems like a security thing. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like we want to control that body of water if there's ever anyone like invading. Although we already are building walls around the other part. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you did want to, that's the, we're going to get to that. But yeah, building walls was like quite high on your list of stuff to do. Maybe capturing that little bit of river would stop things like, you know, river-based enemies like little Sahagan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They they would have a harder time sort of launching attacks and stuff like that. I think, even though I like the river idea, that we should take one hex of forest and one hex next to Starwatch Keep down the bluffs toward the old mine. I would agree, because I was going to say we should start branching towards the mine, but also forest is good for resources. Um, what, what hex is best for evening land when we start developing the theme park? I think <laughs> near the water is always good for a resort. Okay. Yeah, you gotta have the you gotta have the log flume ride in there, right? Yeah, yeah. I concur with uh, my sister. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go for this hex here, uh, which is just the sort of south, uh, northeast, southeast of Evening Star, mm-hmm. and then you want to also start making your way towards the old mine, uh, so like west yeah. of uh, Starwatch Keep. Why do you, you concur? Hey. Aye. Uh, and yeah, you, th- this would mean sending out your troops, your infantry, and your archers uh, off to basically capture those squares for the month. And that means like clearing them out of like lower level enemies and like making sure it's safe and like clearing, you know, passages and stuff like that. Um, and generally just doing boring work that cool adventurers shouldn't have to do. Uh, the, the next thing, and we can kind of, we should just get an idea of this now, because I know you already had some ideas, is building. So this is another sort of exciting one I know you guys want to do. Um, there is a list in the handout section, which is all the building costs and bonuses. Um, and you did have some plans on building some walls as well. Um, but yeah, uh, the next step is to add buildings, build roads, or establish farmlands. Um, farmlands need to go in a hex. Roads also go on a hex, but buildings go in the actual town of Evening Star itself. So mm. uh, you guys had some plans around walls and stuff. What did you guys want to do about I that? I think we've made Tarkal the, the wall master. Yeah. I feel like you had the most, you, you and Azara had the most definite plans around walls. Yes, the walls. Now, hear me out. I want the walls to act as a new invention known as a stroller coaster. <laughs> the walls are not flat. They're up and down. They're wavy. Maybe a loop here or there. And the, the citizens can stroll. Um, a, a loop. Yes. How I mean, does one walk on a loop? Well, Azara is second in command of all walls. I'm sure some magic can make that happen. Azara, can you suspend gravity on a section of wall? Zara looks through a lot of books, consults the stars, comes back two days later and says, no. (laughs) (laughs) I believe if you have the will and the strength, you can just haul ass through a loop. And if you fall, you weren't meant for the loop in the first place. It's a taste. Uh, Notes yourself, put a loop in a dungeon, in a battle map for five <laughs> to try and get round. If I do remember correctly, we wanted to do the stone walls, um, or the wooden palisade walls. Uh-huh. Around everything. Around everything. And then we wanted, what was the one that, the watchtowers. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think we, I think I got, I got convinced that watchtowers yeah. were not a priority. Right, because, right. Our defense do, is so high. We wanted to do the, the stone, the wood walls and then the stone walls and then leave the watchtowers for later. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We can only choose one thing, right? It's like if we choose wood walls, we're getting wood walls this month. Yeah, right, that's, that's it. So was, you, you can, you can build like one thing per month, basically. Right. And the walls but in order of what we want to do per month. Yes. Yeah. Then, yeah, okay. Yeah, this and this turn it represents one month. We're gonna do more of these turns in the future. This is just mm-hmm. to represent the sort of next month for Evening Star. So uh that is you want to build wooden walls around the town uh for this month. That's gonna be the focus of your construction. Uh and that is gonna be boop, 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 boop. where are they? Wooden palisade walls, four hundred GP per quarter. So you're looking at sixteen hundred gold. Um and we can modify that off of the Kingdom Treasury. Uh marvelous. Fantastic. All right, so we're going to spend that now so that we know that that is Gaunzo. Our money. So you currently have 1,015 gold in the treasury. And remember, you have a cost. Your cost is going to be 835 gold every month. Um, and that will only go up the more military units and the bigger the kingdom gets. So make sure you've got some money in the treasury for that. Uh, cool. You've already done some, you know, fiddling with the, the treasury funds, putting some money in. You haven't got magic items and stuff uh, to sell. Or maybe you do, but we'll do that later. We'll get to the fun stuff. The next thing to do is a wealth check. Uh, so who would like to roll this? This is to basically determine if your town makes money this month, if your kingdom generates value. We should never let me roll these and <laughs> often let Nate roll them. <laughs> Okay. Nate's looking not very convinced by that. <laughs> Why? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the war den. <laughs> well, I mean, Azara loves money. I feel like... Yeah. Azara mm. do- is currently, like, the one mainly contributing to the wealth of Evening Star, I would put <laughs> out. Uh, her her position on the council park. That creates <laughs> revenue. Well, it will it's do. Right now, effort. it's a money sink. <laughs> yeah. You're in the early stages of Disneyland where everyone's like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Yeah, yeah, we learned from Cat Dog. It's buy more, make more. Okay, right. buy more, make more. Gotcha. Four people Thanks, in chat got that, by So, the way. in short, so. Mika should roll. I'll roll. Yes. Sure. Just so, this D20? is going to be D20 plus five, which is your current uh, total, but minus one in that. So, it's actually plus four. Because you're the only rest. 21. Okay, so duh, 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 duh. that is not going to be enough to beat the Kingdom DC, which is quite high. So you want to up the wealth. You don't lose any money. You just don't gain any extra income this month. All of the income the town is making is we being more reinvested wealth. into the cost. You do. Yeah, more wealth <laughs> would be very good. Money. Towns in lockdown. Small businesses are suffering. <laughs> Small businesses Back. are suffering. You know, it's that pay, It's that trade-off, right, of high defense. The town is very well defended, but right now it's just not, there's not enough stuff here for people There's to kind of invest in trade worth defending also nobody yeah. cares enough about us to attack us <laughs> uh and then the very last thing and this is a role for me to do um and then if there are any events which would kind of put the test of the morale one of you will make a morale test but the last thing we're going to do is see if there is a random event chance of occurring this is a 25 percent chance if there's no event this month it goes up to a 75 percent chance of an event next month so it means that, like, we're almost guaranteed to have an event if you don't have one before. And that's an eight, so that is no event this month. And then that concludes our kingdom phase thing. That's all the bookkeeping done. We can get onto the fun stuff now. That's all the fun stuff. Hey, that's fun. I like I like bookkeeping. Don't, it's don't. A, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of bookkeeping. Just a little bit, you know, just a little bit of numbers and a bit of, a bit of stats and stuff like that. Um, and then we get around it. And, yeah, and I'm going to move us off that and put us on the more fun map um, of the settlement. Um yeah, so 
you know, imagine the scene here is you've been sort of called down into Starwatch Keep. Dusk has laid out, you know, maps and ledges and quills and there's piles of gold um, all kind of set out. The, the candles have been lit. The torches have been lit. You know, food and drink and, and all sorts of things are brought to you. And this kind of takes place of all the planning and all the sort of meetings that you have over the next sort of month of arranging all this stuff, you lay down the sort of plans and the the purchase orders for the walls. You uh, you command. You have Alyssa sort of draft. Alyssa and and Clive work out plans together to start going off into this new territory and claiming it for Evening Star. Um, but in between all of this stuff, there is still plenty of time uh, for you guys to do whatever you guys want to do as well. Um, there are there you know there are whole weeks here where you guys could be getting up to activities and doing stuff um, and this is the point where I'm going to kind of throw it over to you I did have a couple of things um, maybe that we could do uh, you guys currently have two farms in Evening Star and a blacksmith none of which have names I don't have any details for and I was thinking I could roll this up or actually I could throw it to you guys and say like why, let's all come up with it together and like do you guys have an idea of who these farms belong to what their names are who's this blacksmith that works in the town um so if you guys had like an idea for like a fun or unusual npc uh you could throw that my way and if you don't i'll just come up with it for next week uh where does where does mcstonks live didn't we <laughs> well you want mcstonks for your treasury you haven't recruited yeah. a mcstonks yet that's okay. that's going to be a big quest i actually have a note in my in my evening star notes of make quest to find mcstonks um okay. I love so. that McStonks, like we, because we haven't actually met this McStonks, right? No, he's we become a, a legendary figure. Yeah, yeah, we just have this like internal, like primal feeling that McStonks you, is out there. <laughs> I like the idea it. that you've heard rumors, like Dusk has come to him and be like, oh, my lord and lady, I've heard tell of this dwarven banker that's somewhere <laughs> in the kingdom. He's supposed to be excellent at managing money. If, if only we could find him and recruit him. Uh, you've oh kind of heard God. this, like, this like a rumor quest that's come up in your quest log and you're like, I don't know who this guy is, but I really want to find him. It's there like when you run past somebody in Skyrim and then a <laughs> mm-hmm. location gets added to your map. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you've heard of McStonks, have you? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that he's the, the most trustworthy banker in all of Gormir. <laughs> no one's ever actually seen him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes for a questionable banker. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do have that thing. So, I mean, I mean, if you want to have McStonks the blacksmith, but I feel that that would be doing you all a disservice. So, um, no. Um, no. I don't know if it's possible because I know sure. that stable is another building, mm. but I feel like one of the farms has to be a ranch. Sure. Like, yeah. I mean, a ranch can be lots of different animals, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be horses. So, yeah, we can definitely have a ranch. Yeah. I was thinking there's a ranch. It's not Lawn Lawn Ranch. It's Small Small Ranch. Okay. Small, and instead of small. Malin, it's Talon. Wait, Talon actually exists. It's Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> and Small Small Ranch. Making a note to myself. So, Jimmy Small Jones. Small. Small Small Ranch. Small Small Ranch. Jimmy Fallon. James Felonius. Uh, James Felonius. Wait, okay, and then that and me of something? Yeah, the, <laughs> the farmer, the kind of head farmer, mm-hmm. is James Felonius. Mm-hmm. James, what race is James Felonius? You know, uh, I would say like a like a like a ginger elf. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, uh, wears kind of a milkmaid outfit. <laughs> um, ginger elf. Okay. If you happen to go up uh, to him and like play a song on your flute. 
that may or may not be shaped like a sweet potato. Loves <laughs> what? Loves music. I've just gone down the Legend of Zelda route here. Mom, Mom <laughs> Ranch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. I am keeping all of this. Thank you. Uh, Thank I am you. changing some of it. Um, but <laughs> I'm keeping all yep. of this. I'm changing some of it. <laughs> you know, well, I'm making some of, of it my life. maybe more less specific. So rather than like you go up to them and play a few, it's they like music. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. Um, cool. All right. Well, there's one. We have small, small ranch. Small, small. <laughs> small, small. Uh, small, small ranch. I'll name that. I'll get that changed on the map and re-upload that. But one of your farms will be called Small, Small Ranch. And the farmer is James Filonis, uh, who is a ginger elf. Gender fluid. So they, they wear mm-hmm. all sorts of different outfits. You know, they you might be a milkmaid outfit. Might be a little green tunic. All, all changes. We never know. Um, you never know. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Any any ideas for your other farm or your blacksmith? Any sort I'm of like, out. oh man, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool if our blacksmith was a uh, insert D and D race pirate? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's if people want a pirate blacksmith, we can have a pirate. Can we blacksmith. have a Kenku blacksmith? Ooh. Okay, let's do it. Is it is it is it your Kenku, Nate? No. Oh. No. <laughs> uh, what I guess, like, what kind He'd of noise? He'd set himself on fire. <laughs> They'd have because Ken, Kenku have names which are based on like the noises they make, right? They normally name themselves after like uh, a noise that they make. So it'd be like clang or clonk or something, um, or rack, rack. <laughs> I like that. What does that sound like? That's like a donk to me. That's like donk, <laughs> donk the blacksmith. <laughs> donk. donk. I like yeah. donk. Ken- Kenku Blacksmith called Donk. Perfect. Can his, can his right. full name? Can his full name be Donk Wobble? <laughs> I don't know. I like. That's kind of cute. I kind of yeah. Donk Wobble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wobble. Wobble. That's not his last name, right? That's like his. No, full that's name. his full name. Yeah. We just call him Donk. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love it. Donk Wobble. Um, because it's after like if you hit something, it's Donk Wobble. Okay. Cool. So like when we're addressing them, we say Donk Wobble. But when they're yeah. saying their own name, it's actually the noise of like... It, it would be like yeah, they'd be <laughs> yeah. like, donk, woo. Yeah, it'd be like that noise of like the bend, like a, a metal bar kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, bouncing around. Um, I think most of Evening Star, like the common folk, probably just call them donk. They're just like, oh, that's donk. That's the blacksmith kind of thing. Um, but you guys like it's just being a polite. way to say duck. <laughs> duck, donk. Hit donk. Like, hey, look, it's donk. Um <laughs> It doesn't even, yeah. All right, cool. And then the other farm, we'll come up with it at another point, but I think that's that's perfect for now. Great. Um, <laughs> Meek is gone. She's lost. We've lost her. <laughs> Sorry, you can't expect to start an episode with Donk Wobble <laughs> and me not lose my Listen, shit. Listen, Donk Wobble is a craftsman. They are an expert in their field and oh. they deserve our respect. So, okay, so you're true. here. So true. Clonk. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, now I'm going to kind of throw it over to you guys. Now, uh, this is what what do you guys get up to? What's the plan? Is there anything you want to get done? I need you have a to couple talk of things to donk wobble immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank, thanks, Nate. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You can go speak to Donk Wobble. Um, they've got a little, uh, little quite cute little blacksmith um, houses built into the sort of uh, furnace area, connected by a little short uh, covered passageway. Um, it's open to the elements. They've got like a little stone cottage connected to the furnace. Um, and yeah, when you approach, you hear the sounds of you know metal being sort of uh, you know 
bent into shape. You can hear bellows and the fire roaring. But then occasionally you do hear uh, another slightly higher pitched like metal noise. Like you hear a kind of like clang. And then you hear like some like kind of like echoing through the other sounds of metal being, you know, hammered around. Um, and when you step inside, you see uh, kind of wrapped up in a, a leather sort of apron, um, their feathers uh, all bandaged up just in case there's any fire. So they actually have like big wraps around their their wing feathers. Um, this little raven-esque bird man, um, and he's currently holding something or they're currently holding something in the furnace. Um, and, you know, they pull it out, they dunk it into the oil, quenching it, and they pull it out. And when they look around, you can actually see that they've got a, a, a leather eye patch over one eye, um, just cool. to throw in Shady's pirate element there as well. Right. Um, and so he kind I'm, of looks... I'm, ass I'm assuming if, they, if they've already working here, then we've probably already met, we... Are yeah. somewhat acquainted. Okay. Yeah, you're somewhat acquainted. I think because you're still quite newish to Evening Star, so yeah. you would probably know Donk Wobble the mm -hmm. least. Um, but yeah, you've definitely had like you know arms and equipment for the soldiers. Maybe maybe this is Clive coming into in in part of his new role as as Warden, uh, mm -hmm. Guardian of the Den of War. Um, and this is something you're coming to Donk Wobble for. Maybe some of the guards have like you've noticed that they've got shoddy weapons and they need better gear or something like that. Um, so I'm already upset at myself. So every time I, uh, every time Clive will go to deal with blacksmith deals, he will kick in the door quite loudly, assuming there's a door. And hey. cries out, Donkey! <laughs> Uh, you hear, uh, when you kick open the door, uh, you, the, the little bird man sort of like throw, like he, he freaks out. Um, the thing he was holding goes flying in the air, the metal clangs to the floor. And what you hear is, uh, a mixture of dog barking, cat, like yowling, uh, combined with all, at least three different individuals swearing in different voices. So you hear a kind of like, uh, you know, dwarf, a gruff dwarf kind of like and then you know some shrieking noblewoman from from you know a, a posh city area kind of like oh by the heavens and sort of all this kind of thing and then this little bird man kind of just puts their little wings on their hips and looks at you and does this it's like okay listen to me it would appear i'm too open to take damage during combat i'm a bit too squishy I'm a walking target. I need something more solid to cover my glorious pecs. <laughs> and like tilts his head. Oh. <sighs> yeah, it, he look the the donk looks at you, um, and they open their beak, and you hear a kind of like a <sighs> dong. <laughs> Uh, and you hear like a clanking sound, uh, and he they point to a series of sort of basic armor racks where they have different types, and he points at three types. There's like a suit of leather, a sort of head, like a kind of metal breastplate, um, and then a suit of chainmail. And he don't looks at the three. They they look at the three of them and, and gesture, and then you hear a voice. Uh, Which one, dearie? Uh, above board, which which one would actually raise my for some reason fifteen AC? Fifteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm, so here's here's hit. the tricky thing. Barbarians, uh, because you have unarmored defense, you normally add your con modifier to your decks as uh, to your AC as well as your decks. So, what's your con uh, modifier? What's your actual bonus in your in your constitution? Four. 
And your dexterity modifier is? Uh, one. Okay, so that's why it's 15. He kind of, yeah, Donk looks you up and down. And mm, I think that actually none of the base armor is really going to help you. I, because I think... Custom order. <sighs> yeah, okay. So Donk looks at you and you hear a, I better size you up. Uh, and he kind of prods over to you and they pull your arms up or like they hold your arms up, look around you. Oh, quite the muscular form you have here. <laughs> hey. Clong. Mm. Makes just noises. They just make a bunch of noises at you. Uh, and goes over, finds like a, a piece of parchment and pulls out like a stick of chalk or like uh, sort of um, charcoal and sketches something and then turns it around to you. And it, it's, it appears to be like a suit of half plate. So it's half full plate and then the rest of it's kind of like chainmail or loose leather. So it's kind of like one big armored shoulder all down one full arm, kind of covers your pectoral or chest area, but it's like a Roman skirt rather than like full, you know, full metal plate greaves and things like that. So it's kind of like finding that balance. Um, and then clonk also taps his tap, taps their wing and goes ring, ring, uh, indicating a shield. They're like they're, they're suggesting a shield to you. Ah, I could work. Scared it'll slow me down. Can can bracers work as a shield? Because Clive would look awesome in bracers. Clive would look awesome. Uh, braces would be part of the armor for sure. Like I think this this half plate would basically provide like at least a set of like thick braces. But a shield cool. needs to be like something physically big and held. It wouldn't be able to be small. It would need to be like a much larger larger gotcha. shield. Um, but yeah, Donk gestures to a shield that they're working on, um, and it actually has. Well, I don't think we have an emblem of Evening Star yet. There's a space in the middle where an emblem would be, but there isn't one painted. Um, and like points at that. And sort of like holds it up against you and like gets you to you know hold on to it and stuff like that i'll like try it out see how it feels yeah and it's like i mean we, if you're using um the long sword you can wield that in one hand and then the shield in the other and yeah you can definitely see the benefits of it and i think that giving clive a more sort of roman or maybe a grecian style armor with like the leather plated skirt and like the round hoplon shield that looks pretty badass like it kind of gives you this kind of gladiator or sort of uh you know a grecian hero achilles kind of vibe um and I think Donk kind of looks and, and makes like a kind of noise uh, at you. I would, I would test it out and just kind of start swinging. It's Probably like knocking like, stuff over. Like, yeah, as soon as you do that, Donk starts making angry, like, cow noise. Like, uh, and just like, get out of here, get out of here. I'll wait and see how it fails. But I want to, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I ask them to put something on the shield? Like, for the emblem? Yeah. Yeah, Donk, Donk, Donk nods. Donk also uh, scratches onto. No, in fact, they could probably say this. Uh, they would, they would, they would point at the sketch of the armor, and they would say seven fifty uh, gold pieces. Uh, and then they hold up the shield. Uh, they point at the shield and would say, uh, "How much is the shield? Ten gold pieces." Well, I'm not sure what all that means, but I'm. Pretty sure that'd be fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't look at you. And like gives you the shield, 
gets pins the sketch of armor up on their little board and then will like offer to hold your hand and like is trying to walk you out the shop by holding your hand um, okay uh, yeah, they walk you to Star Watch Keep and then they repeat that message to the Baron and Baroness. <laughs> they write down receipt for armor and shield, 760 gold, 760, and they hold it up at Tarkal and, 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 uh, and, and Agnes, sorry. I assume this was not a problem. It started saying words and I'm not the money guy. I mean... But look at it! Shield. <laughs> It does look nice. Um, and you are the warden. So we probably Armor should... Armour for the warrior. Armour for the warrior. Hey, as he says. If we buy this, we have to... We have to go do something. Like, immediately. <laughs> like, we have to well, break I'm in the shield. Well, I'm equipped to do several somethings. Yeah, we have, we have some to-dos, and we could do something that will recoup. So, I, sister, do you think... It looks great. What is money other than... That's what I've been asking. You know... The lifeblood of our town. Yes, I understand. What is money? <laughs> the thing that keeps our town together. Right, right, right. I, uh, you hear... Azara, we can make more, right? Um, Azara looks at us and goes, we have, we have jobs, correct? <laughs> there, is, there is still the outstanding uh, request from Lady Vanifer. I believe that that had several thousand gold pieces uh, for the reward. Um, Azar will kind of knock on the shield and then turn to Donk and go, will this keep him safe? Donk, like, gestures to their receipt where they've written half-plate armor. Ah. Donk taps that, uh, and, uh, and it would probably say in Aaron's voice, it's kind of unsettling, you actually hear young Aaron's voice say, oh, Baron, Baron Tarkle, uh, several weeks waiting. Like, it kind of strings together these phrases that they've heard from other people in these different voices. But yeah, it's kind of unsettling to hear Aaron's voice uh, come out of this little blacksmith. But the shield is done now, right? Nods. Um, I mean, we do need help in the battlefield, and if this will provide us with more safety, then we'll just have to double our work, I suppose. Wait, I'm sorry. We pay for the the full armor up front um, before it's done? Half now. Half later. <laughs> that sounds fair. Donk is my favorite. You hear like, you hear <laughs> the sound means of... In, in some scenario in their yeah. life, somebody said half now. And that was <laughs> the entire deal. not half later. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I was thinking. I thought of that as I was saying it. I was like, it'd be kind well, of funny I, if I they only had know. one half. <laughs> I want to know the lore of that transaction. <laughs> <laughs> Donk opens their mouth and you just hear jingling coins. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you can pay, just pay it now and I'll, we'll just give the, the gear to, to uh, Clive now and it, we'll skip over the waiting time because you guys are, you know, going to be doing bits and bobs. So, you know, a couple of weeks wait won't make a big difference. So if you Thank want you. to, Clive, uh, you can add half plate armor. So if you just add that to your inventory Ooh. in uh, on your current sheet and a shield. So half plate um, is a base AC of 15 plus your dex modifier, so it'd be 16. Um, and then the shield will be another two, so your AC should be 18 when you're wearing the half plate and got the shield equipped. But it means that you can only use a weapon in one hand, so it means the longsword would do D8 damage. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Okay, let's do that. So that's, a, that's three points higher, so that, that's a significant improvement on Clive's AC at least. Yeah, let me see here. And then she... Oh, nope, nope. Not a... Okay, alt G... Yeah. 
Anyway, carry on. And, and Donk will Donk won't charge you for the shield. He'll just do it for the seven fifty. Oh, how nice! Good old Donk. Aww, love Donk. Yeah, I mean, and that's mainly you're paying for the materials. He's kind of not costing really labor into that as well. He's just sort of charging Aww. you a fair rate. Uh, little Donk, love it, love it. Donk is is favored. Has found favor with us. Donk wobble. Uh, can Whoever attacks Donk can come into the keep. Mm-hmm. Sure. Great. <laughs> He's very. They, they are very appreciative of that. Many um, thanks, Donkey. You just you see the feathers kind of get ruffled when he calls him when they call them that, and they kind of smooths them down. Back to work, I guess. And then Donk leaves. But there you go. You've That's met Donk. A strange one, isn't it? I rather like him, except for when he sounded like when they sounded like Aaron. It was not normal. Do you figure he's? He's eaten the boy. <laughs> if he speaks like, if they speak like everyone they've eaten, they've eaten a lot of people. Aye, many souls consumed. We should keep an eye on that one. Right. 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 Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody contradicts him. We're all just too tired. <laughs> I need to try and remember things that you said to Donk so that I can say them in your voice. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, so fun. I will forget, but yeah. Rippling Can- pectorals. <laughs> glorious Rippling pecs. pectorals. It was glorious pecs. Keep an eye on that one. Um, amazing. Uh, perfect. Uh, all right, well, that's Clive and Donk. Uh, was there anything else anybody else would like to do? Such as go and make some money. Mm-hmm. I would like to oh. make money. Me. <laughs> I would like to make money as well. Cool. Uh, what do you guys want to do? What's the plan? Let's go do the the... The thing that we've been putting off. Do the easy, easy thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, There's thousands of gold at the end of that easy thing. Yeah. I think Azar would have called a little a little team meeting to discuss mm-hmm. this because we have some uh, loose ends to tie up, such as cleansing Lady Vanifer of her curse. Right. Is that... Can we do mm. that one more? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you guys just go for it. Like, you don't... You don't yeah, right. Absolutely. Well, I imagine sometime quickly after they got back, Azar would like gather everyone over tea. Um, who has the the lantern? Oh, I believe Agnes does. Mm-hmm. Oh, dark really? Light. Yeah. I believe you do. The dark light. And you were the one who attuned to it in your... Yes. Uh, in Castle Yes, I do. It's in my inventory because I am a professional Dungeons & Dragons player. Look at us. Look at us. Look, Look at us. us. Who would have thought? thought? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I do have the dark light. So, Agnes, uh, as we have finished this quest and we have brought back this lantern, and Tarkal, I believe you also have this potion of youth? Yes, I do. Well, first of all, we should discuss whether or not we would like to return that potion of longevity to Lady Vanifer. What Wasn't exactly it like was a her deal bonus again? situation? She would give us more if we brought that? A thousand gold pieces. Yeah. <laughs> It is, uh, if you check your little handouts on, on Roll20, if you have access, there is a quest, Lady Vanifer's Heirloom, uh, and it says that, uh, yeah, it's 4,000 gold plus um, one of four level advancements. So if you complete four of these, you get a level up, um, plus 1,000 gold if you give her the Potion of Longevity. And there's also a hidden reward. Oh, mystery. Hmm. What could that be? Hmm. I, would, I would assume it's if we cleanse her of her sins. Uh and <laughs> is there any other reason we would not give the potion of longevity? Did someone else want it? I don't remember. I don't either. 
I think we should give it to her. A thousand gold uh, sounds seeing good. Seeing as we are in desperate need of money, mm-hmm. I, I think that we should. Give Thanks, it to Clive. <laughs> Clive's just looking at his shield. Now, as this may ruffle some feathers, seeing as we are returning the lantern, but first we are using the lantern against Lady Vanifer herself, um, we should probably come up with a strategy to not uh, cause a political uh, kerfuffle. Hmm. What kind of strategy? Azara looks to Clive. <laughs> Why are wait, you looking wait, at Clive looks, for political strategy? Yeah, Azara looks away from Clive. Ding, ding. <laughs> um, I'm assuming it may be best if we get her away from her guards and onlookers and get her alone to use the lantern, seeing as it is fully charged again. All we need to do is open the light on her and cleanse her of the darkness. Hopefully we won't have to fight. What if we undertake a little ruse? Mm, Do tell. What if we go in, presumably to return this lantern, Mm -hmm. and we just happen to open it as we're like, here, we have your lantern. Look what it does. And oops, it shined a light on you that seemed to remove a curse. Who knew? Azara's like really proud of Agnes's deviance right now. And she kind of like, she grins and puts her hand to her chest, very proud. She's like, I never would have thought. It's, it's for the greater just, good. It's for the greater good. But that is just, that is beautifully devious. Uh, devious or uh, honestly naive whatever you want to call it i'm very proud of you <sighs> thank now, you just 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 so we're all on the same page we know that she's cursed with something absolutely right okay and we know that she wanted this lantern not to remove that curse right she wanted to destroy the lantern presumably we don't know that we don't know that what if we- she knows she's cursed and she wants the lantern to undo the curse what if I but we know she's a, cursed. How do we know she's cursed? Her uh, above game, wasn't it like her descendants told us that like if she wanted it or something? <laughs> I love the idea that you guys don't know. Like I'm not going to answer that question. It's been It's been weeks for us, or yeah. weeks for our characters, but yeah, months for us. I'm, con- yes. I'm control, yes. I'm control um, effing the word curse in my notes. I don't have yeah. it. Um, okay. I, I, do, I There do is actually a reason for me not to answer that question, yeah. by the way, because I don't think you ever knew whether that was the case or not. I think it's, that this is all something about your like, theory. Um, if they want the lantern, it can't be for good reasons. They want, you know, something like that. It was yeah. the mage who created the dark light. Um, yeah. They had uh, they had fears that it could be for, for ill gain but that was that was that was just what they thought and i think we were saying like just in case they are cursed we want to cleanse it before giving it to them just to get that out of the way but that's that's, that's my, my fear is that what if someone they they care about is cursed well, then and then we empty out the lantern curse. on them and then we're going to go back into the shadow fell no i'm gonna say removing no. a curse from someone is always a defensible action 
Like the general public is never going to be mad at us for removing a curse. Right. Also, if I remember correctly, I'm saying this as both Azara and as Mika, (laughs) the curse was like, it was like mutating their mind. And also it was the way for like the shadow dragon to like Mm -hmm. come into the world. So either way, (laughs) removing the curse good idea mark is like something about shadow dragons i don't know there was there was a shadow dragon you fought that you killed the shadow dragon yep here's the thing the here's the base facts right whether or not someone is cursed shining this light on them will either remove the curse or do nothing right win-win unless they're an undead what if we run out of light and they need it for something else then they can wait for it to recharge they don't know uh, you don't need to dip them. it in the. You don't need to dip it no. in the loins for three No, we already times. did it. We already oh. tuned it and everything. We did don't you have to go back. The water, the well, the sinking black stuff. The, the yeah, no, it just now that it's repaired already, so we just have loins. to go. Use, you can use it as much as you want. Okay, yeah. I, for some reason, my brain was like, I thought it was like a water bottle, and you got to get the special loins and put it in. Loins, but I didn't realize. Why loins? Why loins? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, the, lo- the loins were just uh, for funsies. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We're so, all aware that I'm saying is something am I else, right? My mind? <laughs> am I going crazy? What I'm saying is, even if we don't have any of the facts straight, here are facts we know. Returning the lantern gets us thousands of gold. Yes. Shining this light on somebody will either not harm them or help them, which is Correct. a win-win. Unless, unless they're undead, in which case it will probably kill them. And but, you know what? If they're undead, they're probably a spy. So fuck them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Fine, and also... In that case, we'll sell the lantern to someone else. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Whoopsie. Just go <laughs> kill the queen of another city and then just find another buyer, you know? And, it's that and easy. if we just... kill the undead queen, we're like, that Heroes. queen was pretending to be a queen and they're undead. You're welcome. Give us half your kingdom. Mm-hmm. Done. Right then. Let's go. <laughs> so I just feel like no more, con- you know, yeah. contemplation needed. Solid now that plan. I know that we don't need any extra loins to charge the lantern, we're fine. <laughs> now that... Now that I know this, it's Target. a woodsman thing. It's like a woods people thing. They they call water loins for some reason. <laughs> we make you, it part of the canon. We make it part of the canon. Updating your slang, brother. Got to quench that thirst with some tasty loins. <laughs> Man, God, I'm just so thirsty for loins right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Thank you for your sponsorship, Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> right, right, right. Forgot about that. Okay. Loins. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. All right. So we're going to Queen Huzmabaz, right? No, so Queen you are... Who's for her Lady Vanifer? <laughs> Lady Vanifer, who is in the city of Arabelle, which is the big city nearby. You've been to Arabelle. It's where mm-hmm. you uh, went and you had the, the dinner where you got attacked and... and we got the cool persecuted onesies. Her and you got the cool onesies, sure. Uh, you did actually get cool onesies, I think. Um, yeah, I something so, more important happened there. Mr. Mark. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Tell Willow us. Song. Yeah, I met Willow go. Song for the first time. You are. Yeah, you, I met you, Willow it, Song for the first time. It's kind of getting. I'm craving wines all of a sudden now that we broke up. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mommy, sorry, sorry. Mommy, mommy, sorry. sorry, mommy. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> anyway. Sorry. You <laughs> threw me off, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. So. Uh, the city of Arabelle. Uh, it's a it's a couple of days. It's like two three days travel from Evening Star. It's it's not a problem for you guys to travel there. Can I you take don't a have trust any... and bodyguard? 
You may take a tressim. Yes, you can take you, at any point. I you can request King a tressim. I, I mm-hmm. asked King One Eye who he would recommend to accompany me as a personal guard. Yes, uh, of course. Yes, and he says that their name is um, uh, White Sock, uh, and they have little little white feetsies. Uh, they are a black cat with little white feetsies uh, with with little black uh, wings with little white tips. And yeah, White Socks is sent with you as a uh, bodyguard to keep to the shadows to kind of watch over you. But sometimes, like weaving in and out, in and out of my feet, mm-hmm. like yeah. rubbing against my leg, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or just flying up and like draping Perching itself across over your shoulders. Yeah, dress them are quite cool. big. They're not. They're, they're like big cats. They're these are like big Maine Coon sort of like drape over your shoulder kind of cats. Um, Lasagna grown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh man. King One Eye really hates Mondays. Uh anyway. <laughs> I'm adding white sock to my allies. <laughs> yep, sure. Uh and you can if you want to get the stats up for a Tressim, Anna, you can just have okay. Tressim stats and then yeah, I'll let you do what you want with And the, I let the... White Sock know that it's not just about me. They are the the personal guard for the party. Right. Okay. Nice. White sock uh just nods. Uh, very, very quiet, silent type. Weird mm-hmm. that. Uh, anyway, Arabelle is a bustling city. Uh, you've been here before. This is like a grand city of Cormir. Banners are strung up high. The the streets are packed and full of people. And you have an address. It's not hard uh, to locate uh, the home, the estate of Vanifer Braywinter. Uh, in fact, actually, why don't you guys make a? Let's have everybody just do a just a general charisma check. So just D twenty plus charisma. Let's see, like maybe how much information you pick up on this person as you travel. And I'll, I'll definitely say some stuff for free for Azara because Azara would kind of know the political workings of uh, the cities. You said just plain charisma, right? Just plain charisma, I think. Yeah, rather than like, uh, or maybe history, um, if you prefer. If this either I your do general knowledge. History. Yeah, if you want to do history, because that would be more your just knowledge of noble families, whereas charisma would be like speaking to people, like asking directions. Oh, do you know anything about this this lady Vanifer? Blah blah blah, kind of stuff. Do I get to roll both and keep the best? No, you pick one and roll. Because you know what's hilarious is I first rolled charisma, which is plus mm-hmm. two, and mm-hmm. I got thirteen, and I was like, Lovely. surely I should roll history. For in history, I have plus six, and then I rolled a nat one. Lovely. So that's a seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant. Uh, mm-hmm. Anybody? What, what did everyone else get? Twenty three. Twenty three charisma. I got twenty two mm-hmm. history. Twenty two history. Clive. Well, well, well no. to be fair, no. uh, sorry. <laughs> my, my my both my charisma and history modifiers are plus four, so uh-huh. I, I rolled a nineteen. So yeah, no, it's, like, I think it makes sense for Tarkal to be more like asking, like, "Oh, we're looking for this place. Do you know about this this noblewoman?" And then people just find you likable and kind of talk and gossip and stuff. Whereas with Azara, I think this is more knowledge of like noble lineages and families and the history of Cormir and stuff like that. But you actually kind of get the same information from from two different sources. Uh, First of all, Lady Vanifer's estate is, um, it's very well funded. It's a quite a rich estate. It's a, the, the Bray Winter family has lots of money, but they are recluses and they have always been recluses. They very rarely, uh, mingle with other nobles. Um, generally only, you know, to find, you know, marriages, to arrange marriages, come to the occasional uh, party, the occasional, you know, evening, um, but generally very reclusive. The, there's a, one of the big rumors about their estate is it's always 
like they've never seen the curtains open. It's always dark inside. They only ever see the dragonborn wizard who you'd met, the sort of um the sort of mage who works for Lady Vanifer, Melodonus. They've only ever seen them come and go. Uh they don't see anybody else. Uh and with such high checks as well, um you know that whilst previously the Bray Winter family have kind of, you know, done things like arranged marriages and they do occasionally come out for social gatherings, mainly in the evening, Lady Vanifer has never left the estate. She has never come out. She's never gone to social gatherings. She's not looked for marriage. She's not looked for husbands or wives. She has just stayed in that place. But there is still money coming in and out of the estate somehow. They fund a lot of arts programs around Arabelle. They fund a lot of, um, uh, you know, cut like public works and things like that. They sponsor several schools in the city as well. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a bit of a mystery, like one of those kind of, yeah, eccentric noble uh, families that everybody has gossip and rumor about. There's all sorts of rumors. Yeah, there's there's tons of rumors. Like there are literally people saying, oh, yeah, she's 100% a vampire, by the way. Uh, you know, people who go into that place have never come out again. Um, I've seen her flying through the air at night. She's some sort of witch. Okay. You know, there's there's all these kind of like ridiculous ones. There are people saying that she has a disease, that she has this rare medical condition, which means she can't leave. Um, people saying that she's made dark pacts with devils from the nine hells. You know, all of everything and anything you can imagine people think about this place watch um, every like minor offhanded rumor is actually completely true yeah <laughs> maybe so, so nonchalant vampire said, devil. Yep. yeah yep which vampire devil worshiping warlock uh disease mummy Blind lady. Yeah. yeah yeah uh but you guys track down the estate and it, the one thing that strikes you is immediately is like yeah, the, the one thing that was true is there's every single window is heavily curtained uh, that you can't see inside. Um, the estate is surrounded by a tall iron fence. The gardens are well kept, but pretty barren. Like this, this place looks, you would almost assume that it was abandoned or for sale, but it's kept in really good condition sort of thing. Um, it just kind of sits in a, in a quiet part of the city. Uh, there are no businesses around it. It's kind of on its own, surrounded by a small garden. Um and yeah, it's generally ill-kept. And the the gates, uh, the kind of big iron gates that surround the estate are, are locked, uh, but there is a sort of little bell which is attached to the outside uh, by the main gates. Um, ding, 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 ding. Okay, yeah, yeah. Agnes just rings it. Um, and after a few moments, you see the door, which is maybe sort of a good sort of 20, 30 feet beyond this fence. The door opens and a well-dressed, robed, black dragonborn, um, which you recognize as Melodonus. This is the one who contracted you before. Uh, purple friends. robes. Yeah, you, you kind of got on really well with him. Purple robes has like a cowled uh, hood with like runic trimmings all around it, uh, wears like a circlet around his head, looks very professional and regal, um, comes out, you can see a wand hanging from his leather belt, um, and he just kind of comes out, walks over to the gate, he waves a hand and the gates open. Ah, our esteemed adventurers and nobles from Evening Star, my lady and I have been anxious to hear of your endeavors. It's been some time. You are all well, I hope. Very well, thank you. Licks his eyeball. Um, 
I'm very pleased to hear that. Obviously, I am a little concerned. I mentioned that I was concerned about Bray Winter's nature, the uh, castle ruin. Tell me, you must tell me what you found. I'm quite fascinated. Perhaps Azara could regale you with tales of our adventures as you lead us to an audience with your mistress where we could pass on this valuable heirloom? Of course. Do you have it? May I see it? I feel we must present it directly to your mistress. Uh, I understand. I'm, I must verify it is the correct item in check and that it does I, indeed possess magical like properties. open it to my, and I show him inside yes. my cloak. He, uh, well, first thing he does is he reaches into his robe and he pulls out a tiny pair of spectacles, which he balances on the end of his long dragon snout and they kind of pinch onto the sides. And he sort of like peers. I do apologize. I'm not trying to be rude, madam, but I must, I say, let me see how. Mm. May I, may I hold it? It will be for, for a brief moment, I assure you. There's no duplicity. Yeah. You must understand wow. we, we've spent so much time retrieving this that it's difficult Indeed. for me to let it go, but here. Ah, thank you. Yes, of course, I understand. Yes, you must have risked. Uh, there must be a tremendous risk uh, delving into center room now. And he kind of turns it over. Ah, oh, yes. Uh, he casts a spell, um, Azara. It is Identify. You would recognize it. He casts Identify. And you see his draconic eyes shimmer. They almost become like prisms. <gasps> yes, 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 yes. This is indeed, this is indeed the relic uh, that I thought it was excellent. And he hands it back to you, Agnes. He says like, ah, oh, thank you. My good, my good nobles and adventurers. What a marvelous thing you have done. This is, uh, this is most welcome and indeed uh, to find it in such a state completed and brimming with power. My lady would be very pleased. Now, come, uh, come, let me see you inside. Uh, there are some things that perhaps I should warn you about. Um, the interior of the mansion is kept in perpetual darkness. I must ask you to extinguish any light sources that you have upon you. Uh, they are, they make, they are quite painful for my, my lady to... Why is that? Behold. The nature of the uh, request. <laughs> As you have no doubt gathered yourselves, this lantern is capable of undoing powerful magics and curses. And mm. such a curse has befallen my lady. I'm afraid that I did not wish to tell you before you required the lantern for fear of scandal. But yes, it has uh, kept her within these walls and uh, she cannot bear the touch or the sight of any light. Even the dimmest candle cannot be lit. Um, if you cannot see within the dark, I, uh, I see that most of you possess some form of elven heritage. But you, sir, and he gestures to Clive, uh, can you see in the dark, sir? Well, a great question I should know off the top of my head. I imagine uh, that one would normally, yes. I the your senses. You can, marvellous. I do have a spell uh, that I can enable once in the dark, but it seems that it is not needed. Uh, but yes, I must ask you to keep any light sources diminished and extinguished. So she wants this lantern in order to undo a curse on her? That was the belief, yes. It's why we sent you there in the first place. My lady spent a considerable amount of gold researching it with various arcane practitioners, as well as students of the gods, uh, priests and priestesses. And after many years, she found uh, that the answer to her problem was this creation, uh, this lantern created by one of her ancestors uh, to undo this curse that has lingered upon the Bray Winter family. 
I kind of, as I'm hearing this, I kind of do a meaningful look to Azara, like, all right, I mean, if they want to uh, remove the curse themselves. Azara will put a hand on Melodonus's shoulder and, like, give him kind yes, of like a dragon majesty. to dragon, sorcerer to sorcerer look, like, and yeah, in Draconic, she'll say, uh, Melodonus, seeing as our dear uh, Baroness is already attuned to said lantern, and seeing as we have unfortunately witnessed the severity of what this darkness can turn one into, I think it might be best if uh, Agnes is the one to lift the curse. She does already know how to use said lantern. She has already wielded um. said lantern, and it may also be wise to use the element of surprise. I know that the request was to lift the curse, but if the curse may take over your lady, there may be a uh, fight. Uh, you need not fear, Magister. Uh, and I do apologize. He speaks to the rest of you in common. He's like, I do not wish to be appear rude. <laughs> but, I wish, but I do appreciate, Magister, that you would speak in my tongue. Um, but I do not wish to be appear rude or secretive mm. to your friends. Um, let me assure you of something. Uh, the curse that has befallen my lady is of no danger to any of you. Uh, it is... Uh, it is uh, problematic for her it has caused her no end of shame and social uh, issues uh, but it is of no harmful matter whatever you faced in that awful place i can only imagine but uh, the curse itself i can assure you is, is of no danger to you uh, if if lady agnes baroness agnes has already utilized the power of the dark light and if you are familiar with its workings then yes of course please use it upon my lady but i would ask no element of surprise uh, she will wish to speak with you herself as well you you will be able to witness her condition and uh, she will tell you all about it i'm sure now that you have presented her with the solution she has spent so long looking for um she will be very pleased to hear it it will be my honor ah thank you yes indeed and magister uh i pre please if if you feel otherwise if you wish to examine my lady with any of your impressive magical talents you are indeed a magister of cormier and i am but a lonely mercenary wizard uh please do so i'm more than happy for you to to do so and uh, i can assure my lady that you mean no harm uh, and if there are any other concerns baron uh great warrior clive now now i think this all adds up I'm just here to hit stuff when I'm told to. Well, I would appreciate it if you would hold on such urges, my good man, my good lion man. Uh, <laughs> but yes, please uh, come. Uh, we have spent, we have delayed far too long. Uh, I've let my tongue flaps. I'll uh, continue for far too long. He opens <laughs> the door with a yeah, he opens the door with a gesture. Um, and yeah, you see that inside this house, it is pitch black. Your dark vision kind of takes over. Everything becomes sort of black and white, shades of black and white. Um, when you all step inside, Merylonis clicks his talons um, and an unseen servant, a kind of shimmering field of force kind of, and he gestures for it. To, he simply says like, go and prepare the waiting room for our guests. I will fetch, I will fetch her ladyship. Uh, please, my friends, this way. Uh, and he gestures and he leads you into a, uh, a kind of very lovely parlor, very well decorated, the kind of thing that you might expect uh, of a very rich and elegant noble woman to have. There are, you know, beautiful chairs with cushions and a table. Um, you see this kind of invisible force bring over a tray of uh, tea uh, with various cups and things like that and kind of begins pouring cups and things like that and preparing everything. Um, and yeah, just basically makes the room ready. Mer Melodonus will lead you in there and then say, I will be but a moment to fetch your ladyship. Uh, please make yourselves comfortable. <laughs> and he steps off 
Um, very unsettling. Just uh, the way it, everything about Melodonis is he, he's very sinister in everything he does, but apart from the th- like his actual intentions. Um, but like the way he moves, he kind of looks like a villain. He's got like his shoulders hunched, his claws are like constantly flexing. He like licks his eyeballs. He constantly has like his fangs out, little bits of acid dribbling down his chin. Um, but yeah, just very weird, very odd fellow. Uh, and yeah, he kind of makes his way off, and you guys have like a few moments alone here like uh you've got like you know you don't know how long he's gonna be but you're alone for now apart from this uh, ghost that seems to be serving tea i ask a uh, white sock to just kind of like take a look around uh they can detect invisibility uh they have super awesome wow. sense of smell they can detect poison so just you are know. you are you using speak with animals or are you just telling than this like in normal speech like because they all understand you but i just want to know if you can they can talk back if they can understand me i just say it okay yeah like they look around they kind of look at you slow blink like cats do and then yeah they'll just slip off uh that's like a 28 for like their stealth check so they just vanish um and start sneaking i assume that maybe like i've worked out with the tresums that if they need to speak to me, there's like, you know, they like scratch and meow or like lift a paw or something like that. Because they're pretty intelligent. They could probably do things like they would come up and tap on your leg three times. And that means I want you to speak like cast a spell, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, They they would understand that that's what you're doing. So yeah, we have a gesture for that. Um, But yeah, just White Sox slinks off. Um, You don't see him again. (laughs) It just vanishes like cats do uh especially in this place which is you guys are all in black and white vision so actually white socks is nearly invisible to your eyes like being black and white just you really struggle to see them they just vanish um most of the you can't see what colors are in this place it is just pitch black in here um only through your dark vision can you see anything anything from anyone else again like it's been like a couple of minutes i think if it's been a couple minutes, I just have like my I have uh, my kiss of silver like kind of unsheathed slightly, mm-hmm. unnerving, okay. and just have, just aware, trying to be aware of what I can see. Yeah, sure, okay, uh, yeah, make make a perception check for me then. Let's just see what you pick up on, kind of thing. Oh, that's a natural one. So yeah, you get distracted by something, probably uh, like uh, you know, white socks brushes past your leg, and you're, uh, and sort of get distracted. <laughs> it goes to eight if that helps at all. I mean, it does a little bit, but it's still pretty low. But okay. uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, so. you don't you don't notice anything. Um, you notice about the same time as everybody else. Uh, you hear Melodonus's clawed feet rapping on the floorboards, um, followed by kind of the soft swooshing of fabric. Um, and Melodonus walks in with a lady on his arm, so sort of like you know holding his arm out as if walking you know a bride down the aisle or like a noble woman to a dance. Um, a woman dressed. I mean, to you, it appears that she's wearing very dark fabrics, kind of all clothed in. She's veiled, so she has, like, only really her eyes visible. Big sort of, like, veil down her face, um, kind of covering over her her lower jaw, um, dressed in very elegant, fine, noble clothing. Um, She appears to be wearing some jewellery, but not a lot. Um, And he... Let's, as soon as he leads her into the parlor, um, he takes her to one of the sort of larger chairs, sits her down, and then he bows uh, to her um, and then takes a step back. So he stood behind her, basically. Um, Azara, you notice that Melodonus, and I don't think that you would see this as an aggressive thing, but you can see his talons are ready to spell cast. Like he basically has got himself into a defensive, like just in case, like he just is like or holding his hands, like towards her. 
Uh, you don't know. He stood behind her. It could be to her. It could be to you guys. But he's basically like holding his hands. Um, yeah, like a spellcaster would who was like, who you, like you would be if you were sort of like wary, you would hold your hands as mm-hmm. a, I'm like not in your pockets, not like behind your back. Like you are right. ready to bring them and somatic gesture and stuff like that. Um, but I, uh, I take a step forward and bow courteously. And uh, I say, my lady, it is our honor to have retrieved your family heirloom. And if uh, if it is to your pleasure, it would be my honor to use it to remove the curse that we now know is upon you. Uh, she looks at you and you see sort of her eyes glisten uh, as if maybe glazed with something. Um, and you hear this kind of voice, very hoarse. She sounds maybe in her, like, 60s, um, and, like, you can see, like, fine wrinkles around her eyes and things like that. Uh, you just hear, No, Baroness Crown Silver, the honor is, is all mine. I apologize for not standing and bowing uh, in your presence, but um, as you have gathered, this curse has done many things, and one of which is to rob me of much of my physical strength. Um, I would, it is my honor. I, for so long, have sought a a cure for the curse that has lingered and clutched to my family. Uh, And it is only in the last few years that I learned of the Lantern of the Dark Light, and I have struggled to find those brave enough to venture into the ruins. I am so very grateful that you and your companions did so. I know that you must have been at great risk. Um... I do not know exactly what you face there, but I can only imagine some of the horrors. And if you would, if if you believe that this lantern can undo this curse upon me, I would be eternally grateful, and I will make sure that you are handsomely rewarded. How, may I ask, how did this curse come upon you, and and what has it <laughs> done to you? Yes, of course. You deserve uh, you deserve the truth of all of that, at least. It is a secret that we have harbored within the Bray Winter family for centuries, um, ever since the the tragedy that befell the castle. Um, it manifests uh, from a very young age. Um, we, our shadows disappear uh, at a young age, and when that happens, we find light to become extremely painful. When I was younger, I could withstand a candlelight. It was painful and uncomfortable, but I could endure it for a brief period of time. But as I have become older and weaker, even even the smallest, dimmest glow causes me endless pain, as if my skin is on fire. Um, it has robbed me of much of my physical strength, and uh, yes, it has forced me into this life of seclusion. It has followed our family ever since, well, you must know now of the tragedy that befell Castle Braywinter and and the magics that were being summoned there by my ancestor. Um, It has clung to those who survived, those who managed to flee the castle before the spell plague hit, uh, somehow tied to our bloodline. I do not know the exact nature of it. The mages and the priests that I've hired have claimed that it is uh, due to my ancestors meddling with planar powers, transmitted through simply by blood connected in connecting to us like a a chain uh, through the eons i kind of glance at azaro when she says that just to be like mm-hmm. does that sound 
nor like reasonable. Does that, does that sound reasonable, Mark? You can make an arcana check for me. I would uh, love to do that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 26. 26. It is certainly within the realm of possibility. You know, uh, having been to Castlebury Winter and also learning about the Spell Plague, the Spell Plague caused a lot of weird shit in, okay. in the realms. Like, there was a lot of things that happened that defy all previous knowledge of magic um, or fundamental understanding of how spells work that happened because of the Spell Plague. That combined with this, the the noble who was meddling with the Shadowfell in the first place and, you know, infusing it into, like, themselves and their, you know, noble bloodline. This is is in the realms of possibility. It's very rare, but it's certainly possible, um, what she's saying. Then Azar will just give, like, a subtle nod. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, I say, well, it is a pleasure, then, to do anything we can to release you from this suffering. And I, I pull out the lantern and I say, may I? Yeah, you see her eyes go wide when you actually reveal the lantern, and she almost, like, brings her hand up to her veiled mask, and she just, after so long, Melodonus, after so long, they finally, it's here. And the, the the dragon mage just puts, he takes, you know, his hands away from himself and he puts a hand on her shoulder. It is, it will be a pleasure to see you finally ridded of this curse, my lady. Uh, and then he will step away so that she's the only one sort of in the, the area of effect from the lantern. He'll come and stand next to Agnes. Um, and yeah, Lady Vanifer just is like, please. I, instead of how we expected, where it's like, oh, whoops, I kind of like reverently and gently open the the door Mm. of the light and let it shine out. Mm -hmm. And just a bright white light shines. And then what I have to do is just mentally give it intention. And I give Mm -hmm. it the intention of it um, ceasing the curse. Okay. Removing the curse. So you watch for the first time this room is bathed in light as the lantern opens and you're all, you know, your dark vision is almost, you know, you're blinded for like a brief second as your dark vision has to switch back to normal. Um, and you you do hear Lady Vanifer like gasp in pain, like, <gasps> oh, ah, and you see her like completely blinded. You see now that she's dressed in clothing, but the colors are all kind of mismatched. Like it looks like she's, you know, it's all been bought for her, but like her dress and her gloves don't match in color. Um, she's obviously just put them in on in the dark, right? And she's a human. She can't see in the dark. So she's just been completely, you know, mismatched. The room itself, all the furniture is mismatched. Like it's kind of strange to see this, you know, in the in the darkness, in black and white, it was very elegant and monochrome. Now it's just this kind of confused color. Um, and you see her skin does begin to burn ever so slightly as soon as the light touches it. Um, and it begins to turn red and blister. And there's no shadow. At first, when you cast the lantern on her, she has no shadow whatsoever. The chair the, you know, that she sat in does, everything around her does, but she herself has no shadow. And then as the lantern is in your hand, it begins to pulse and glow, and you feel it grow, grow warm in your hands, Agnes, and you begin to see a new shadow almost growing out of uh, her. So it begins to kind of stretch out as if growing out from her for the first time, as if a light had been cast and then slowly tilted upwards to kind of create the shadow. And as it does, you begin to see the the burning of her skin begins to die down. You can see color kind of return to her cheeks. She was very pale and pallid before and like color begins to return to her cheeks. She, she stops kind of like seemingly to be in pain, uh, just weeping, just tears flowing down her cheeks, staining this kind of face mask that she 
pulls free and you can see just this very sort of dry uh you know weathered wrinkled face and and like as if she's breathing in for the first time just <gasps> and then eventually the light fades the lanterns sort of stops um and yeah you will all once again return to darkness um but you just hear this voice just like I think it's done. Melodonus clicks his talons and a glowing orb fills the room with light. And you all see, and she like blinks a few times and you can see she's struggling in the light, but Lady Vanifer like looks at her hands. <laughs> I didn't realize that they were red, these gloves. And she begins taking them off. Um, and she's like stretching her hands. And yeah, you can see that she's, you know, a 60 year old human woman. Um, looks kind of frail uh, as if she's been bed housebound for a long time but yeah she just kind of looks down and you can just see like just tears pouring down her face and agnes just... is also kind of misty eyed mm. and she she kind of doesn't know what to say so she just steps forward and gently offers the lantern she yeah lady vanifer takes it and just like hugs it to her chest um as i would <sighs> say um we also have the other item you requested my lady and she'll gesture to charcoal she like yeah. chokes up and she's like, truly, I, I thought it something of a silly request to ask you for it. But I've lost so many years bound in this house by myself. I, my previous, my, my parents and my grandparents, they almost quite dismally, they almost tricked their partners, their husbands, their wives into marriages, not knowing about the nature of the curse to prolong their line in some way. And I couldn't bear. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I, I couldn't bring myself to make another suffer in the same way I had. The idea that maybe I can regain some of those years, that I may, I may yet live some. I doubt I'm. I will be young enough to have children, but I feel I could go out into the world, see more of it, so much that I've not experienced. If you have it, I would be so ever, ever so grateful. Yeah, Tarkol will just silently pull it out and uh, mm -hmm. bring it over to her and hand it to her. She she takes it. Melodonus is like my lady and he'll just take it cast identify and then he passes it back to her he's like indeed does she look like Forgive she needs me. healing no she doesn't okay. look like well i think that you would know that maybe something like um there's probably like some element of like greater restoration would be useful ah. like just for like physical strength but like no wounds or anything like that like her energy is fine gotcha. it's just that she's basically been living in this house by herself for uh, forever in darkness like she looks like she's like deficient you know um she's very pale uh very physically weak but yeah nothing that like exercise and good diet probably won't fix in the long run does she have um you said like she's dressed nicely but it's mismatched and she mm. kind of dreams of going out does she have any like nice jewelry on yeah she's got like beautiful gems but again it's like she's wearing like an emerald necklace with like a blue dress and then red gloves and like because she was just picking stuff at in complete darkness and putting it on right so well, it's all kind of mismatched if she's wearing an emerald necklace i think azara will like moved by the fact that she's gonna go out and live her life will take mm. an emerald bangle off of her wrist and mm. put it on the lady's wrist and say well oh, if no. you're going to no if you're going to go out you must have something that matches and just for me I hope you'll wear this on your first night out on the town. And she just kind of pat her, pat her wrist. Far too kind of you, Magister. Thank you. That is perhaps, perhaps if anything, you can, if you have the time before you head back to Evening Star, perhaps you could come and help me organize my wardrobe a little. It does <laughs> seem that I have become a, lit, uh, a bit too used to dressing in the dark. But if, if, if it's all right, I would like to partake in this now. 
Uh, Zara like gasps and gets really excited. And she's like, I would, I would be honored, my lady. Uh, She nods, but she pops this potion and yeah, she's just going to drink it straight away. (laughs) Like you've given it to her. Um, And you watch as, yeah, like she probably, in fact, I'm just going to maximize the effect because normally it's random, but I think for story-wise, I'm just going to max it. Uh, You watch as, yeah, she grows like at least 10, maybe 12 years younger like you just watch the skin firm you watch like strength return to her a little bit um you know she kind of like uh, she fills out the dress a bit more where like she's shrunk in like a little bit of age and and frailty and yeah like she probably go from being about 60 to yeah like 45 47 ish um so yeah like a significant sort of change to her life really um and she just looks like completely amazed like she just looks like she's about to burst into tears but also jump for joy um melodonus it's hard to tell but you think he's smiling because he has like this big like yeah yeah. (laughs) uh and he's just like well i do believe that these very kind young uh, brave individuals are deserving of their appropriate payment my lady would i should i include the other item you mentioned yes melodonus most certainly they have given me far more than I could have ever dreamed. Uh, very well. Uh, and he clicks his talons again, and you watch as a big gilded chest kind of appears on the ground. He opens it, um, and he begins pulling things out of it. He pulls out He pulls out uh, what appears to be several, in fact, it would be five uh, bars of platinum. Uh, they are worth a thousand gold each so five thousand gold and he lays them down like these five bars he places them on like this little dainty coffee table he slides those towards you four thousand for the return of the dark light and a thousand for the potion of longevity i believe that this should be sufficient my good friends my lady would also like to offer you this perhaps it will not be as useful but i am to understand that castle bray winter uh lies quite close to evening star Historically, Castle Bray Winter and its surrounding lands belong to the Bray Winter family. But this, and he places a ancient looking document, like a scrolled document. These are the deeds to Castle Bray Winter's lands and the castle itself. I understand it is a ruin, and perhaps maybe, well, I suspect you have cleared it of whatever malign forces remained there. But if you would wish it, we bequeath this to you, Baron and Baroness, Magister warrior clive uh this may be this will be of more use to you than it will be to my lady uh a ruin that holds too many bitter memories uh, and it is a it is a, a scroll of of deed it is a scroll of of decree that cool. the the area the castle Braywinter and the land surrounding it are property of whoever bears this document and you can azara you know that you can basically report this to the crown and say yo we got this this ours now uh <laughs> Agnes will uh, say, I accept this gift of your family's heritage with solemnity and the respect that it is due, and I thank you. And I promise that those in our kingdom who make use of this land and this gift will know its origins. I I hope that you include, uh, I can tell you of the many good parts, but perhaps we best leave out the evil shadow magic that has infested my family but see this i have no use for it we the bray winter family rebuilt themselves here in arabelle we have good standings within the city i have money the land itself was nothing but a a, a dark memory and a, a something of a bitter reminder of uh, the folly of my ancestors 
I fully believe that yourself, Baron, Magister, good lion warrior, I believe that you will put it to good use and I wish for you to have it. Uh, and I hope that this money will go some ways into helping you rebuild or establish it or perhaps develop your, your settlement that I hear such good things about as well. We, we often hear of Evening Star's growth. I should perhaps warn you that there are some nobles here in Arabelle who are a little jealous of the progress that you have made with it. Um, but you will always have a friend in myself and in the Bray Winter family. And if there is any help that I can offer in the future, you will have it. I do not have military. I do not have any resources of that nature, but I have some money and I have contacts. And if I can ever be of use. Speaking of our families forever being bonded, my uncle Bryn Crown Silver does tend to be in Arabelle this time of year if you're looking to meet someone. <laughs> uh, that, that, is very, that is very sweet of you, uh, young Agnes. I remember, a, I remember a series of rumors not too long ago that your uncle had something of a, a rather serious relationship with a tiefling woman, a, a pair of twins, if I'm not mistaken. There was a whole kerfuffle with Queen Raedra and uh, a battle against a dragon and an invading army. He's, he's something of a bit of a hero, and I'm afraid that I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of any of those involved individuals. He was betrothed to the queen, you know. He was betrothed to the queen herself. He was, he was in line for the crown, turned it down to go off adventuring. I totally knew that. Well, I mean, maybe you didn't, right? Maybe, maybe you've always just known him as fun, fun Uncle Bryn, but like yeah. he, maybe this side of thing hasn't come up. Uh, but if he you would like, very cool. If you would like to learn more about your Uncle Bryn Brown Silver, you can read the excellent uh, book series by Aaron M. Evans, which is in the Forgotten Whoa. Realms, the uh, Faraday and Havilar series. Uh, I was just feeling so so good about having written down Uncle Bryn Crown Silver at the ball in Arabelle. And I yeah. was like, who do I know in Arabelle? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, he's, uh, she, she, maybe this is like a thing you're like, what? He was yeah. in line for the crown. He was an adventurer. And yeah, she'll, she can tell you that he used to, you know, he was off adventuring with a dragonborn warrior and two tieflings and they fought like an army and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, maybe that's exciting news for you. Yeah, maybe um, that's someone that I need to learn more about as a... yeah. Noble gone adventurer. Yeah. But uh yeah, Lady Vanifer will will is is very, very pleased with you. And if there's anything else that you would like to do or say or, or catch up on or uh, uh, Lady Vanifer, you said you um you know, you have money and you have contacts. I do. If you ever hear of a uh of a McStonks, we've heard a rumor <laughs> of this ah, banker. A, yes, a dwarf a dwarf banker. He's <laughs> He's quite exclusive. He works with um he works with noble families to manage their finances. I believe that uh perhaps my great grandfather, he's 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 been around a long time. Dwarves obviously live long lifespans. My great grandfather brought him in to help manage the Bray Winter Funds. It's one of the reasons that we are such a successful financial noble house now to this day. If I remember, the last time I heard of my stocks, he would have been likely working in, in the capital, in Suzale. I imagine that he has ties to the crown there. Um, but he's something of an eccentric individual, uh, always looking for the next big venture, always looking for the next big challenge, uh, the big investment, he calls it. Um, All right, well, knowing that he's in the capital and that he uh, is looking for opportunity... Would you like me to try and reach out to him? I, oh, I have that some would be, context. Yes, if, if you could let him know that uh, Evening Star is cooking up something magical and he <laughs> might want to be involved. Very well. I, I will see what I can do. That is honestly the least, the least of what I can do. Um, 
Thank you. Ten points for Shady. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Uh, in fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, give me a moment. I am gonna put in my notes here. And let him uh, know that we will be going um to the McS- moon. I yes. think that, that means something to McStonks <laughs> quest update. I will. You you have seeded an element here that that will have a return for you. It's so you can have that for sure. It's in my um, notes. Suzelle McStonks. Next yeah. big thing. Um, yeah. Azara will turn to the rest of the crew um, before we, like, I'm assuming as we walk out the door, and she'll say, now that we're on um, a roll when it comes to making a little bit of coin for ourselves, I think it may be within our best interest to swing by that abandoned silver mine, possibly take stock of what it would take to clear said mine out. Um, I know that bringing in some silver regularly would be very good for the kingdom. I like it. I agree. I go, uh, may I? And I call the Tressum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. White Sox comes back and uh, you can see it has a dead mouse in its, in its mouth. Um, it looks at you very proudly. Is it proudly. all right if my Tressum takes this mouse? Uh, yes. I, in fact, I believe that, that is, it is doing me a favor by doing so. Well uh, Me- Melodonus is like, ah, that is the little bastard that I've been chasing around this house <laughs> for weeks. Finally, it seems to have made as much. May I add as well, if you require fast transportation back to Evening Star, I'm more than happy to oblige. If you are ever in need of a mercenary wizard who is capable of uh, certain magical feats, I am, of course, uh, available for employment uh, on a mercenary basis. Of course, I will continue to work with my lady here, but... um, I do know some little teleportation magics. I can transport you around the realms if required. I've traveled quite a lot in my time. Or if there is knowledge of magical relics that you seek or certain spells of powerful levels, uh, do let me know. Well, that is a lot of useful things that just came out of your mouth. Indeed. Do not worry, my boy. The magister understands of what I speak. (laughs) Um, above game mark, is that one of those things that will have to come around during the next kingdom phase to hire him? Um, so think of him as a sort of like, if you guys are like, hey, we want to teleport somewhere in the Forgotten Realm. Like, if you guys were like, we want to go to Neverwinter for something Mm -hmm. and you need somebody to teleport you there, Melodonus will do it for you. He'll just teleport you where you want to go. Um, think of him as like your go to kind of high level mage. He he can cast up to like seventh level spells. Oh, yeah. 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 on, a, on occasion, like he, he'll mm. still need to travel to an Evening Star and take you there and, and stuff like that. But yeah, think of him as like a go-to mage that if you do have like a need for like a high-level spell or if you want to have someone cast something like Legend Lore or Scrying or something, anything that Azara can't do, Melodonus is somebody that you can reach out to and he'll he'll come visit Evening Star and, and do it for you. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, and if you want... To, if you wanted, okay. like, a magic item something or, like, you wanted something enchanted, Melodonus might be somebody who can do that or would know somebody. He, he's Think of him as a contact. Think of him as, like, a magical contact for cool magic stuff. Um, cool. That Azara doesn't have access to already, so. As we're leaving, I just, mm. I, I'll uh, put a big paw on the lady's shoulder. Like, if you're ever needing fashion advice, teeth go with everything. Teeth go with everything. I will remember that, my good man. Thank I like re- I like reach into my mane and I like thumb out a necklace and there's just one tooth on it. <laughs> oh, what was that from? Is is that a beast that you have slain or one of your own or or 
What? Whose tooth is that? It was someone very special to me. Oh, that's very sweet. Oh, that's very delightful. Well, thank it you. Looks amazing. It does. You are you cut quite the figure. If I only had another potion of longevity, um, and she kind of smiles at you. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Well, off we go then. Indeed. <laughs> thank you all once again so much. Um, I'm sure just nod. Uh, and yeah. Uh, you guys can either stay in Arabelle, doesn't, you know, it's easy to just stay here and catch carriage or horses back. Or if you want, Melodonus is like, I will take you back immediately if you require it. Um, you trying to go faster. right to that mine? Yeah, can can you drop us off that mine? Uh, I, Evening Star, I know, I could take you ah. to Evening Star. Uh, trying to pick a location that I'm unfamiliar with could have consequences. Are we closer to Evening Star right now or to the mine? Yeah. Uh, you are closer to, me, uh, to, to Evening Star. Like, the mine is like a couple of hours north of Evening Star. Arabelle is like several days from Evening Star. Oh, okay. Oh. Let's, let's yeah. have him take us out then. Yeah. 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 Melodonis will just be like, well, if you would accompany me, I will take you to my chamber where I have a teleportation circle prepared. Um, and he takes you up into the estate and he leads you into a rather impressive Azara. Maybe there's a little bit of like, ooh. Uh, because he takes you into an impressive wizard sanctum. Um, you can see that the the shelves are lined with books. He actually has a giant, um, half-complete young dragon skeleton. Um, it looks like it's missing the lower half. It's just got, like, the top half and, like, one of the wings. Ah, um, uh, yes, the pride of my collection. One of the ancient dragons who once attacked Cormir. I'm trying to collect all of the pieces, but despicably difficult to come across all of them. I'm very lucky to have what I have already. Uh, Zara will look up at him and be like, do you know the name of this beautiful creature? Yes, indeed. Uh, this, uh, yes, this indeed. This was a young Scorchbringer, a young red dragon that once attacked uh, Cormir in the, in the time of uh, uh, Thalgalore, uh, the merciless uh, uh, bane of the, of the Cormirian Knights. But oh, yes, yes. Uh, if we had so... more time, I would love to discuss him with you, but maybe next time. Well, let me let me fetch you something, uh, Zara. He finds you a small stone. Ooh. He says, "Perhaps we can keep in touch with this. You can we can exchange notes and and discuss magical theories. It is always good to have another uh, friend within the industry." <laughs> uh, and it's just like a sending stone. Uh, Yay! It's like a half of a sending stone to him. So you can once a day you can have a little little text message <laughs> with Melodonus. Oh <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> Text homie. Um, but yeah, he'll just give you like one half of a sending stone and just be like, yes, I have a few of them for my close acquaintances, of which I would like to consider you one. Um, Zara will hold it close and she'll be like, absolutely, Melodonis, and I look forward to discussing magic with you. Ah, uh, you are too kind. If you could see a dra black dragon blush, you would see me blush. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't. Still, let us join hands. Uh, and he leads you to a circle and he, he offers his two giant talons. He says, if we join hands, I will cast a teleportation circle and teleport us to uh, Eating Star. Hold hands. Hold hands. Who's holding the dragon man's hands, though? 
I'll do it. I'll just grab one. <laughs> yeah, like, Clive, his hands are, like, as big as yours, and, like, his talons are as long as yours as well. So, like, mm-hmm. and, like, you've got, like, to him, it's like, oh, how strange, because it's all fur, but for you, it's, like, cold, hard scales, and it just feels kind of strange. It's, like, gripping a lizard's hand. Whereas Azara, like, yeah, you feel, like, all the scales and, like, the cold hand and, uh, yeah, the big talons. Your hand is quite delicate, I imagine, in sort of, like, the palm of it almost. Um, but, yeah, you kind of gather up, and in a flash, you will feel this kind of surge of color and light around you and in an instant you find yourselves on the uh bridge leading into evening star the new stone bridge um leading into evening star nice um, i love Melodos. how often this bridge comes up it's fantastic <laughs> Don't remember memories. It. always remember it uh ah marvelous seems that we have not had any mishaps excellent yes everyone here or limbs accounted for I yes, check. I'll pat myself down and make sure I'm not yeah. missing, like, my dagger. Yes, you seem to be all right. Tail all right there, Clive, warrior Clive. Tail still intact. That would appear so. Ah, does it, does it move normally? Everything's yeah. good? Everything seems fine, yeah. He's like, ah, good. Okay. Never know when there might be a teleportation mishap. <laughs> a little wizard joke for you. Still, <laughs> uh, might one find a place where one can quench one's thirst before returning uh, back to their home? Come to the keep, no? I would be delighted to be a guest, but I did not wish to presume. Uh, what's the name of our bar? Uh, you have an inn called the Tresem King. Oh, right. Tresem. Um, or you can, yeah, or the, the keep, you have food and drink at the keep as well. Tresem King's the, the place where the parties go down, right? It's where Baragon is, yeah. Right, okay, <laughs> yeah. 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 I uh, know the place. A lead on. Yeah, lead on, Warrior Clive. Very good, very good. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah, Melodonus will leave you for a time being. But yeah, congratulations. There's your 5,000 gold and your deed to a castle. Um, nice. I'm actually, I need to map on your region map. Boop. Uh, a border for Castle Brewer Winter. How Which much gold do we have in total now? 5,265. Thank you. He's on it. <laughs> And then next time we're gonna pop on over to that mine, get even some more gold. Yes. So the mine, there's there's a couple of ways we can do this, and we'll talk. This will be like the last thing we talk about, and then we'll probably start looking at wrapping up. Um, well, actually, no, we've still got a little bit of time. So with the mine, um, there's two ways. You guys can go in it yourselves, and we'll make it like a little dungeon, basically, of like you guys going in and clearing out whatever troubles in there, maybe. Um, or uh, in the next kingdom phase, you can start claiming the hexes. You won't actually get the benefits of the mine until it's in your territory and you've cleared it out. So you'll need to basically build the hexes towards it and then either send a unit in to go and clear it out, which will take longer and also might put the unit at risk, or you guys can go in as an adventuring party because you're much more powerful than a military unit and you guys can do it and we'll do it as like a little mini mini delve mini dungeon um either way both of those things are fine um so you can do that uh we can also mark lady vanifer's heirloom as completed which means that you have got one fourth of a level advancement so if you get three more of those things that'll be a complete level up um yeah great great job great job big success um yeah. So I don't currently have access to Roll20, but... Uh, yes, I can answer what, questions for you. What looks like... Well, this is mainly, I guess, mainly for the party. What's the most tantalizing next quest, if we want if we want to do a quest? Is the mine one of the quests? Yeah. Yes. Mine or the floating tower are the two doable quests. 
Yes, because the other two are kingdom quests. So that's um, there's uh, one which is to build stone walls and a garrison, and then the other one was to build um, uh, the where is it? The Stalling Hall. Stalling Hall Stoling and hold Hall. a festival. Yes, so those are the two kingdom quests currently. Um, so you're kind of on the way to completing the defenses one, the fortified defenses, mm-hmm. um, and then the stalling hall and stuff. And you will, we can do another, we can do another kingdom turn um, to represent another month. But if there's anything you want to achieve in this month, um, we can look at doing that as well. I'm just going to update your treasury because the um, since shady, you can't see roll twenty right now. Mm-hmm. The silver mine will give us plus three wealth to our um, yes. next kingdom turn. The floating mm-hmm. tower is question marks for rewards, and then both of them have the one fourth level advancement. Okay, and the um, so the mine obviously, Mark just said we won't actually get the plus three wealth until we connect our hexagons, yes, right? That's correct. What's yes. the deal with that floating tower? It's kind of floating. So you remember, so I'll remind you on this, Elissa um, sent out some scouts, and this was before you went to the Shadowfell to Castle Bray Winter, and they had found this floating tower. It looks somewhat elven in construction, um, and there was a tribe of mountain orcs, so orcs that live in the mountains, who were attempting to build up to it. You could see them, they were like, you know, building like, kind of scaffolding and trying to construct like stone bridges and things like that trying and pillars trying to re- get to this tower um the the scouts didn't get close enough to determine what the orcs are about they don't know if they're like hostile or if they're friendly uh they just saw them trying to get to this tower and then they came back and you guys were like oh that's kind of interesting maybe we should look into that maybe we should just have the scouts keep an eye on it the last thing that the scouts reported was that the orcs had stopped trying to get to the tower um, but that was like several weeks ago now so okay um, um does azara nose fly no no <laughs> does melodonus no fly melodonus does no fly um melodonus could also make scrolls of flying that azara could use um, yeah is that something over the month if we do another kingdom phase to ask him to make us Four Abs- absolutely you can do that yeah absolutely um Sweet. yeah, I mean, yeah either, I, we, either we can get a bunch of scrolls of offline well, or like uh here's the ahead. thing here's the thing so azara can use the scrolls of fly mm-hmm. um but once she uses one because it's a concentration spell oh. uh it would only be but you can make uh, a higher level scroll of fly which affects more people what's the highest level azara can cast at uh six sixth so you could do uh you could do four creatures if you make a sixth level scroll of fly that would do four creatures for an hour you would have flying speed melodonus can do it he can make sixth level scrolls um yeah. it will just be a price there will just be a gold price of like he will charge you x amount to make that um how much for the material costs so i need to look into that so I, okay. that might be a next episode thing okay. um because but i think that's a good uh, yeah, and he he'll only charge you half price. So whatever it costs, he'll literally just charge you what it costs to make it. He won't charge you any extra on top of that because um, he's like a nice contact to have. Um, but he can only do that. That's the only thing he'll be able to do for you that month is make you that scroll. Make scrolls. Um, yeah, because so, my brain yeah. was also thinking, what if 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 Azara has one scroll of flying at the lowest level, can mm. she cast it on Clyde? 
uh, Clive and let him fly us up and, ba- and back and like she can yeah. hold her concentration just not one That's, person ab- absolutely you could do that as well you could just have Clive be a little ferry to take you up and up and down okay, yeah, so then absolutely. we would just want to know for next time how much is a puny scroll I, flying and how much is big boy scroll flying yeah <laughs> I need to work that out because uh, the, the DMG doesn't actually have prices so I just need to like find a, a fair price for that basically yeah. and figure that out um, the other thing I would say is for Zara this floating tower um there's definitely like there there were definitely elven elements to it and mm-hmm. you remember that there was some stuff that you kind of uncovered like an old temple or like an old uh statue to Adria Fenre as well mm-hmm. and there were maybe some some hints that this tower might be connected to that as well then if Tarkal starts talking about the tower Azara will emphatically agree that we mm-hmm. should start making plans to head towards the tower and also I would probably ask um Sarah Lee, if she can start gathering as much information as possible on Airdrie and on floating towers in history mm, and yeah. between the two. Sure, that's great. Why don't you make a roll for Sarah Lee for me? If you can just make an arcana check with a plus six bonus. And then she will spend uh, time doing that, basically. 21. 21, okay. So I'm just going to put an update here. Uh, fly scroll, level three and level six prices. Sarah Lee Research, 21, uh, Arcana Check, Adri Fainra, and Floating Towers. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, that is some homework for me to do uh, whilst uh, be- between our, our next episode. Um, cool. I, I will do all of that stuff. Cool. Sweet. Uh, is there anything else... Uh, that you guys want to kind of cover before we end today's episode? Like any any NPCs you want to talk to, any business you want to lay down, um, or anything at all like that? I've got something, but I want to make sure you guys have uh, your opportunities. I don't think I do. Okay. Nice. In that case, uh, this one's for Azara mainly. Oh, um, at some point in the month, one night it's, uh, it's a bit of a, an autumn rainstorm. Um, rain kind of thrumming against the stone walls and the glass windows of your tower. Uh, late at night, maybe you're kind of just getting ready to go to bed or like maybe you've already kind of gone to bed um, and you hear somebody knocking at your door. Um, and it's it's kind of an unusual hour for anybody to come calling on you. Uh, I guess Zara will kind of... She'll wake up and reach towards her staff and mm-hmm. uh, ask... Who's at the door? Uh, you you just hear Elista's voice uh, come from it, from uh, saying, "It's it's me. Uh, c- can I can I come in, please?" Uh, of course, of course. And she'll like rush up and like put on a robe and like light some lanterns really quickly. Mm. Yeah, uh, when you eventually open the door, kind of soaked through, just wearing probably what is like her sort of undershirt from her armor. Um, and like a hasty pair of boots that she's thrown on, but like completely dripping and soaked through. Um, Elissa is at the door and she she looks like really worked up about something. Um, and she just sort of sort of stumbles in. I'm so, I'm so sorry to wake you. I I just had to I have to talk to somebody about it. Um, and you're the only person you're the only person that I wanted to. Oh, Azar uh, kind of gets a little flustered and then pulls out a chair and mm. kind of tries to get some tea but realizes tea will take too long and like shuffles through her drawers it's fine i i just need to talk i i don't i don't need a drink or anything i just i just i need to talk to you 
of course. And she'll sit across from her and yeah, and she kind of looks. Concerned. Yeah, she looks at you um, and sort of like pushes like the wet hair out of her face. I do you remember what happened at the temple, the the spa, the the those things, the hags? The, um, vaguely, yes. The the with the paintings and the deal I made with them and yes. what happened to me. I keep, I just, every night, I keep having the same nightmare of being that thing, that version of myself again, and everyone seeing me, and I just, is there a spell or anything you know that can just make me forget or just help me sleep or just anything? I, I'm so ashamed of it, Azara. I'm so ashamed of it, of, of, the weakness of giving into it and, and what it made me and everyone seeing me, I, I just can't bear it. I can't bear it anymore. Azara will take her hands and kind of cut her off. Mm. She'll say, there isn't any magic that can cure an uneasy soul. And I wish that there was something I could just give you or snap my fingers and make you sleep, but what you need to do is you need to have a little talk with yourself. And you need to just realize that you are cared for and that no one here will laugh at you and that these are the delusions of your own fears, thinking that anyone will ever look less of you for who you are now or who you were under that curse. And you won't be able to sleep if you continue to doubt yourself. I've never doubted myself in anything before up until now. I, I was proud of myself on, on being strong and being a good leader and, and everything. And I just, since meeting you and the Baroness and everyone, I just, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be somebody that, that lived up to some of those expectations. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be somebody that that fit in, that could stand next to you and the others, and 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 not seem out of place. I just, well, you're right. You're right. I don't know why you seem would ever seem out of place because when you stand next to the Baroness and the Baron and me and Clive, you fit in. You are our blade captain, and we chose you. You are strong and you are powerful and i don't know what changed if you've known this in your heart for so long there's nothing different the only thing different is i dare say you've gotten stronger you are building an army a regime and they follow you and listen to you and even clive respects you which is hard to get anybody to be respected by him and that's that's impressive she kind of smiles a little bit and then she kind of looks very awkwardly sort of under her eyes at you and just like, there is one thing that's different. You weren't in my life before. And I just don't know how to act around you. Honestly, I've never met anyone like you. I've never, I've never felt, I'm not really sure what I'm saying, but you've made things different. And I just really wanted to, fit in by your side 
and that's like when she kind of like and you can see she's like blushing hard and but also looks quite ashamed like you know there's there's a, a mixture of confused emotions kind of going on in Elisa. Uh, um, azara also blushes and mm-hmm. takes Alyssa's other hand and like holds both of her hands in both of her hands and she'll say you don't have to change yourself for me i honestly feel like i'm not strong enough to stand by your side sometimes and she'll stop her before she's because she sees her trying to say yeah. she's like, no 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 think about it i i've grown up in castles and in courts and ball gowns and jewels and you can hold your own with a lion from another realm sure i have magic but you're strong and have power and have influence and i don't know what that's like i i think that you are the strongest person i know to deal with all of that to to go through all of this and maybe it's just do you know why I wanted to become a knight? Why? Because when I was little, the only thing I could ever dream about was rescuing a damsel in distress and carrying her off into some tower from some evil dragon. And then up until now, there's never been anybody, no boy or girl that I'd ever seen that kind of met that. So I just thought it was just a childhood dream. And then this, the day I set, the day I met you, I just knew that here's the princess I wanted to save all along. Uh, Azara will like hide her face a little bit. And she does the same. She like turns away (laughs) to kind of like alleviate the tension because she's getting too emotional and she doesn't know how to like just let that exist. She's Mm -hmm. like, well, if it'll make you feel better, I can put on a ball gown and fall out of my window so you can catch me. I will catch you anytime. Um, and yeah, we'll just leave it there, but it's kind of like, a, like she kind of probably spends the night just kind of talking about what happened at the temple yeah. um, and kind of like, you know, getting some help as well, just kind of like talking about what about it scares her and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it's obviously something that's been building up since you got back from, from the Restful Lily. So. I ship it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, and then on that note, uh, I think that we will also, just to kind of end things back on that same rainy night, uh, is when another visitor arrives <gasps> back at Evening Star and we see a woman with long dark hair and a green dress returning, uh, ready to uh, meet with her beloved. Uh, uh, but that's where we'll end the episode. Uh, mm. <laughs> Why, guys? Why? Why? Yeah, you know, like, the girlfriend, Alyssa, is, the, the like, girlfriend oh, is here to stay. Oh, Blade Captain. Oh, this is great. As soon as Willow Song struts in in the rain, it's just, like, oh, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Alyssa did yeah. say no she needs to save a princess from a dragon, and here comes a fucking dragon. Yeah. <laughs> um, she just needed to look like one. She's not actually a dragon. He's not. <laughs> She's not no, actually a dragon. Why do you guys Fake like news. this blade captain that specifically like saves you all the time and does all this nice stuff, and you don't like my girlfriend who's so shady and like actually messes with us I all the time and has never done anything you, actually right? to help us? Why? Why? Why would you not <laughs> trust this creepy poison fey wild? Creature? What? No. I trust the lion from the tank. Yeah, we're both getting offended right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God.
I love it. I love it. Fun, I love Mark. it so much. That was great. That was amazing. Great. That was great. Good stuff, everyone. That was a good good mix of an episode as well. Like, mm-hmm. like they got the did the bookkeeping, did like the gamey stat stuff, and then some really like lovely RP bits. And I'm glad that we could tick off some of this uh, stuff that's been lingering around for a while as well, like the uh, the mm-hmm. Lady Vanoff request, which has just been like unresolved for like a season and a bit. Basically, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give her her later. Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> magic baseball. Magic baseball. You do. So, yeah. so then we're like, oh, we'll get it to was her great. eventually. And she's like, I'm dying. Yeah. Like, oh. Was, seriously, when you guys were all talking about like, no, she's cursed, right? And like, we need to surprise her so that like, she doesn't turn on us. I was like, and like you were saying like, no, no, somebody told us that she's evil. I was like, a hundred percent, they have not. Because that has never been the case. Like the whole time I've had in my notes, like is cursed, is like, you know, can't leave her house. It just wants to be cured, it's but is a shape like there yeah, was, was an argument about it, but I don't remember what. Yeah, I think it was the amazing. argument was actually earlier about like whether or not we should decurse someone without their consent or something, <laughs> but it actually had nothing to do with her being evil. But I think we remembered it as her being, I don't know, yeah, whatever. that was a whole thing, it was like a whole thing. Um, but yeah, also, that was great. The, the tank now has higher than 15 AC, so. that is a huge bonus. God. I'm yeah, really so you, happy about that. Yeah, 18 AC for Clive, combined with the fact that he's taking half damage from pretty much most damage anyway, unless it's like magical damage or like elemental damage. Like that's mm-hmm. going to be a, a big help for Clive <laughs> to not go down um, in every fight. And maybe one day I'll actually hit Tarkal when I attack oh, him. So. Um, you already hit me by making my friends hit my girlfriend. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. We do I think, her. I don't think I've hurt... I don't think I've hit Agnes very much either. I think it's normally Clive and Azara take all of the damage in combat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that, which is that yeah. Agnes doesn't go to the front. <laughs> no, yeah, Agnes is the... Neither well, does Azara, but like... Azara. Azara. Azara does like some crazy strong spell and then yeah. all the enemies are like, die. That's, that's, that's the problem. It's is like, like, Agnes is like really consistent low like it's like consistent good damage just like i'm gonna chip away at these monsters and then azara's like 60 points of damage and i'm like yeah they're gonna they're gonna knock you on your yeah, you on the floor the threat, duh. yeah and yeah. i'm like i have 15 ac leave me alone yeah. punch <laughs> amazing great job everybody thank you so much uh for joining us for this episode of night's evening star that's gonna be it from us we're gonna do shout outs real quick we're just gonna rock it around the table um you know what i'm gonna go first <gasps> this nice. week nice. Gonna, i did it myself uh you can i'm mark humes i'm also known as sherlock humes uh you can check me out on my twitter uh which is the same sherlock underscore humes but my main thing is i do a little D show called high rollers D. it's very very exciting you should come and join us for that it's every sunday 5 p.m uk time which i think is 9 a.m pacific what a great way to spend your sunday morning get breakfast in bed watch some D with a bunch of british people great we've also just announced uh that we did a huge fundraiser to get our own studio equipped. We actually have our own studio space. We raised like so much money that is mind blowing. Like people doubled what we were looking for. Like we had a goal, people doubled it, which means we can get all the best looking stuff. We've got like a set designer. Our our current campaign, once we get into the new studio and our next campaign is going to look amazing. So come in and join the party early and come and check out High Rollers D&D as well. Uh, and that's it for me. Uh, I'm going to throw it to Mika Burton. Hi, my name is Mika Burton. You can find me everywhere at Mika Burton. Um, everything I'm doing is under NDA right now. So <laughs> yeah. check out my horseback riding Instagram at Mika Strides. Uh, I have a horse. His name is Aragorn. He is the true king of Gondor. Uh, shady. 
Hi guys, uh, my name is Shady Penguin. You can find me at Shady Penguin. Uh, I stream a lot right now on Twitch. Uh, you can find my YouTube videos on youtube.com slash Shady Penguin and my Twitter on twitter.com slash Shady Penguin. I haven't seen my bare face in six years and it's starting to get to me. I tag Nate. <laughs> wow. Uh, Nate has opinions about Shady's bare face, apparently. It looks great. I don't what? know what Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't. Dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I I don't know what it looks like anymore. It's been six years. I've never seen Shady barefaced. Dude, I don't know Do if it. I can. You got to understand, like, the the beard adds so much chin so your head looks look longer, and then you Shady, crush it, I get and then it, it goes that way. <laughs> yeah, I get it. But it's good to give the skin a chance to breathe, you know? Yeah, I might at some point, maybe. Scare my kids. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, hello, I am Nate. That is me. That is my name. Uh, I don't know if I've I don't know if I've mentioned this yet on here, but uh, I did a recent theme song for Beyblade Burst Quad Drive, which yes. is on Disney XD. So if you want to check it out, go go do that. And that love it. That's all. Thank you. That's all I got. I I tag Anna. Hi, I'm Anna. You can find me at AnnaProcer.com, where recently I have revamped that site and posted a new performance reel because my usual job is being a host and presenter in especially like the geek and gaming world. But for what anything you need talking for, I can do that talking for you for money. <laughs> yes, and you should. Anna is very good at talking. What a sales uh, pitch, money. ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I love it. This Anna. Business uh, Anna's here to play. Or Please. if you just are like, I would love to see what Anna is uh, doing, you can check out that reel. It's on my website, annaprosser.com, under video. Uh, it's the first one I've updated since 2014, so I believe it is much improved. I hope you will agree. Um, and you can find me at Anna Prosser on social media anywhere, and you can find my dog at Happy Nisky. She's cuter than me, so if you are choosing which one to follow, follow her. I tag who's left. Was the I last? Show. You were last. I tag you, audience. Wow. You give yourself a pat on the back, and you tell yourself where to find yourself. Yeah, that let us know in chat. Is what the you're true doing. friend you made along the way? Yeah, amazing. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, all of you at home. Uh, we hope you're enjoying Nights of Evening Star season four. We'll Thanks, be back Dave. for another episode. Thank you, White Text friend, uh, as always. Um, and yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.